1: BW, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in us on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rude. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Hi, this is Kenny Omega.
2: We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me. Goodbye and
3: good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. My name's James Boyd, and here with me I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man?
1: Chillin' man Just um, been playing this 2K And uh, making these these remixes Of, of these songs <laughs> uh, You know do was, was stuff to pass the time So, so uh, I actually just put it on my, on my YouTube channel is uh, Drew Hill Tell Me And I, I made it like a modern kind of beat And it's hard you know, and, and I, I woke this man. I don't know if James is asleep. His James don't sleep. But I sent that shit to him at like one thirty last night, and this man said I was harassing him.
2: <laughs>
3: yes, you were harassing me. You, you you harassed my my inbox. Like I don't look the 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 beat you made for it, it works together. It, it works great. Um, but the part for me as you being a producer that does the sorts of things, I figured like once you play, once you got through the hook, Like, okay, you're basically just making a beat and you took the, you know, the hook and and that's just the sample and whatever as a placement to shop to people. But then all of a sudden I hear like jazz continue to sing his verse. I was like, Oh, this man just did a whole cover beat. He's trolling me. Like that's, that's, so that's how I felt about it. Like he's not using this to shop or maybe he is, but he decided to send me the version. That's the troll version. So, so I was like, okay, here we go with this. And then it made me think about, you know, are our Baltimore brothers and sisters and their, in their in particular accent and i made me think about the fact that like drew hill is from baltimore but like that hook is tell me what you want but it's not tell me what you want like how our you know <laughs> the accents of our brothers and sisters in baltimore are. so i was like hold on bro how come they don't talk like they're kinfolk what's going on
1: so they made me ask more questions from there. I, I guess, I guess it's, a, it's a similar thing as, you know, folks in the UK, how they lose their accent when, when they, they start sing. singing.
3: I guess so. Okay, so yeah. uh, we, we've gone we've gone way too far without introducing our yep. guests that we have on the show. I bet mean, yep. he's like, hey, he's not going to didn't forget I was here. Sorry about this. But, uh, yeah, uh, first time ever, I think, on the show. Um, it is indeed yeah. yes. Sir a long time coming Sam Brown of Wrestling Headlines.
4: That's it. Yeah, you can call me Sam though. And I understood about three words of what you just said oh. um, in like
3: that whole last. <laughs> it's a, it's, it, I'll, 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 send, I'll send you a couple things. You'll understand exactly what I'm saying. Like if you ever watched a wire, it might pop. It might, it might, you might understand what I mean. But, but yeah. So we have Sam with us today because we are going yeah, to, man. Um, I, I've
1: been wanting to get Sam on for a really long time.
3: Yeah. yeah, man, when we first
4: connected on, so Rich and I started writing for, well, it was Lords of Pain at the time, we were kind of coming up at around the same time, and I remember <laughs> you saying, hey, when can we get you on my on my podcast? But uh, the times have finally aligned before the coming apocalypse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> we're, we're gonna, it's going to be the, last, right? ever, be the <laughs> one, last ever One Nation radio, and uh, <laughs> you've had me on <laughs>
3: i mean we'll, we'll see come this you know come this week next weekend if it will be they like i said uh, last week later like, might we might not have internet they might shut this whole thing down if if it goes a certain way so we'll see but but yeah it's a it's a 15 hour time difference right
4: something like that yeah, yeah it's, it's, i mean it's, it's the other side of the world <laughs> in case you haven't this heard man, of audience,
1: in the future now, james
4: <laughs> yeah i am it's sunday here first of november
3: yeah so um we have sam here
1: be sure you let us know how this work out ahead of time oh god
3: (laughs) (laughs) so uh we have sam here to help us talk about in preview um a little ahead of time but seeing that's gonna be next weekend i think it's perfect time to preview full gear because this card's loaded um As far as, you know, on paper, it is loaded. Uh, As far as some of the bills, I feel like every match is pretty much there except for one, and I'm sure we'll discuss that with Sam. But um, at at first, let's just um, talk about some of the... We'll get to that, so let's just talk about what we normally talk about, which is bashing on the main roster (laughs) before we talk about the Wednesday shows. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Matthew Riddell, in the words of Kyle O'Reilly... Is um, now dumping his first name and is going as just Riddle, like Cesaro or Neville or Big E, no Langston or I don't know how many people. Like how long before we call Lars
1: Sullivan just Lars? Or has that has already
3: happened. Goldberg, oh god, Sting. Old- I,
1: I think I think, think will would we'll be Lars. Yeah, I can see that.
4: <sighs> An old mate came out on Otis, Twitter and Tucker. was saying, I. I like being called just Riddle. It's my last name. It's what everyone calls me. No one calls me Matt. Everyone just calls me Riddle.
3: <laughs> I mean, I imagine that's true. That has, a, you know, that's wrestling. That's, you know, that's sports. That's uh, the military.
4: But... You know, like, who is... So, this guy, like, how do you stuff up, like, the best opportunity they've had for so long to create a superstar? This guy looks, looks like a... Looks like a god. Mm-hmm. He wrestles so well. Mm-hmm. He's charismatic. Mm-hmm. People connect with him. He's got a legitimate background. Yeah. Like you don't see people in the UFC. No one's going, "Oh Jones." Everyone's John Bones Jones. Everyone right. knows that guy. No one goes McGregor. It's Conor McGregor. Everyone knows Conor McGregor.
3: K- well, Khabib. He's, he sounds Khabib. like.
1: That's well, true. Okay, that, because that man <laughs> got a got a last name like Giannis. You know, there's yeah. a reason. There's a reason that man goes by just Khabib. Um, when when you can wrestle a bear, you can kind of
3: get called what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that's that's also true. Like, I mean, now look, I don't know how to spell uh, an man off. I don't know how to spell that at all. So I, I I I get it. But um, and you're right about the Giannis Antetokounmpo thing about like just we call him Giannis and we move on. Um, I think you know you're right about all those points. About like how can you get a guy that's live to that's is like, you know, hand delivered that is such a slam dunk. The problem is he's not a slam dunk no more. Like he probably shouldn't be on TV, you know? Um, but the fact that like they're they're moving on as if he is like they still care about him and they still want to use him is like, well then why would you give him why would you make him a one name person? Like that just leave that just kind of Lends you towards being, you know, less three dimensional as a, as a, you know, and a person to act in in a in I no, I'm say AEW in WWE. I wish he was in AEW. Well, actually, I wish he was off TV. Period. But you get my point. Like, it's 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 really strange in the observer story. It, it, I, I don't know, man. That
1: sounds.
2: uh,
1: I think well, that dumb. So, Do you so like that? the uh, yeah. I, I mean, WWE is like. Like they've, people have theorized these things about them before, with like, uh, in regards to SEO traffic and stuff like that. But that for me, it, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it. For me, I would be like, well, I say that was the reason, right? Mm-hmm. That would tell me that WWE has a gross misunderstanding of how SEO works because everything's whoa, 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 still whoa, 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 gonna whoa, 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 pop on, up Rich, anyway. Rich,
3: Rich, let me let me stop you right there because haven't, we haven't explained to the listeners what actually is going on. So. The, according it. to, or, or, speculation in the Observer, uh, from Dave Meltzer is that they, are word from the back is that they have changed his name from Matt Riddle to just Riddle in a way to, for if you were to Google his name or enter his name into a search engine, you will pop up Riddle and not see any of the Candy Cartwright allegations of him raping her. So, we, can, now we can, now that, now that we have the full context for the listeners, um, now we can go from there. When you get
4: that full context, how bloody yeah, gross I, I is right. that? Like, right. oh Jesus! Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's not without yeah. precedent. The, I mean, the word was that that's why they did the the greatest. What was it? The greatest match ever, or something like yes. that? That they did
1: match earlier ever. this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
4: so that when you Google that, that's what comes up instead of whatever, you know Kenny Omega, and, um, card and tearing it
1: up in yeah. the yeah, yeah. <clears throat>
3: okay so go ahead with your point rich i'm sorry
1: so Uh, could we we, 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 you know yeah i I was saying like they like if that's the case right like say that's 100% fact Mm -hmm. that would tell me they have a gross misunderstanding of how seo works right and also like how the internet in general works right Like unless you're going to change that man's name and cut his hair and call him Spartacus, you know, uh, <laughs> it's still going to get seen, man. Like like the toothpaste is out that tube already. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it, also, and make him wear earrings. You know.
3: Man. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Don't give him ideas. And then another thing um, is the, the that that line is something you've heard before. Like when we've ha- when they've had Triple H in the past do the Austin podcast on the network and they asked about China in the Hall of Fame and that was that was more or less almost verbatim what Triple H said about China in the Hall of Fame. It's we have this is a kid's show, it's not, but he said it's a kid's show. Kids don't watch the shit, but whatever. Uh it's a kid's show, what if kids go on the internet and Google something and they see it and it's like, well they will see the same thing if they were to Google Hogan, I imagine, but we're not but that's not an issue for Hogan, is it? So um, but yeah, like that's that's what made me think, like you know, this is something that is legitimate. Of it is possible because
1: this is an institutional thing,
3: right? Because you hear how you hear their verbiage just trickled down from all branches whenever they do interviews to the public or say things to each other. So it's like, or not to each other, but to um the public in an in interview setting. So it's like they're clearly I don't want to say their boys are institutionalized, but, but like there is clearly. Um, uh, <laughs> an education. place. There's a place. manual. There is an education taking place when you are in St- the Stanford House or Stronghold. So, um, yeah, man, it's just it's just really weird. Sam, like, do you, uh, w- w- what are your thoughts on well, this? On this now, because it's just like I don't. Do you really think they're this dumb? Like I, at one point, what, like, I so see some something put on TV, the, but then it's the, like the they're also marketing of... geniuses. The first
4: thing it made me think of was Jim Carrey playing the Riddler in Batman oh from, like, the 90s. Oh my, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm thinking of Matt You're, Riddle coming out He's the Riddler. Yeah, exactly. He's coming out in all green with question marks See. and he starts See. cutting riddles for
1: be looking Like, Remisterio. I mean,
3: if he were on... Halloween Havoc, he would have came out with with lime green shorts on with question marks, black question marks on, like the Riddler's uh, old outfit in the in the comic book. That would have happened. I guarantee, if he was still around for Halloween Havoc, I guarantee you he would have done something like that. But, oh my God, but give I it I mean, that could be kind of cool on a Halloween show. That
4: could be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. know he's treated as a serious wrestler, but clearly, I mean. I, I don't watch v- religiously. I don't watch WWE. Um, I don't, So, but everything I've seen, he's not being treated that way on the main roster. So, it, it just feels it just feels
3: stupid. And
4: as I said, like as I said, stars you know have full names. People have full names.
2: Yeah,
3: I mean there are some exceptions, but for the most part, yes. Like the average star has the average star has a full name, especially in this company. Like. It's not is that's not a normal thing, you just be a riddle, you know? Mm. Um But yeah, and yeah you I, refer to someone
4: by their last name, but you don't just call them right. that. Like they have you know, it's Steve Austin. Everyone calls him Austin. like it's Austin, 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 but right. he's still Steve Austin. He's still a person. Right.
3: He's still John a person. T- people
4: call- <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a product. He's not just
3: a brand. Right. Uh okay, I I guess um here is comes Ramon. Year... <laughs> so it's that time of the year again. Um, we we saw on SmackDown last night that Jay Uso is in full slave mode, <laughs> and he is he is he is taking out uh, he is I'm sorry he is um doing everything that Roman Reigns uh, tells him to do like a good little boy. And, um, I guess against his better judgment, he has decided to, um, take out Daniel Bryan, who fresh from returning from, um, paternity leave. Um, and this is, seems given, um, the history between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, um, in Fabe, uh, as far as the, the dirt sheets, if you will, over the years, um, you know, ever since 2015, they've been linked. Um, they are a match that seems like a WrestleMania match. Um, they, quite honestly, if you were to ask me, what should be the WrestleMania match going into main event for next year? It should be those two together. Um, but we're in, you know, much like the Sasha and Bailey thing at Hell in a Cell, they decided to do this now. And you look at how they tend to book, and it seems like they will miss out, and Daniel Bryan will get. A title get a match that will move him away from the Royal Rumble, which would then lead to probably Edge winning the Rumble this uh, next year. But let's not go that far. Um, but it seems like they have again um, in in a, in a way that Rich has pretty much detailed. Um, with, I don't know if it's with pain or with glee. I think at this point I don't. I can't. T- it might be both. Um, how they keep moving <laughs> Daniel Bryan out of the way by the Royal Rumble. So that he is not in Royal Rumble, and then he is away from whatever big thing they really want to do come uh, WrestleMania time. So, Rich, the floor is yours.
1: I I mean, the evidence is there. Year after year, Daniel Bryan repeatedly gets shadow banned from the Royal Rumble. (laughs) In in a way, they've learned their lesson from 2015. They said, well, we threw him out early in there. And then, what did they do? Like, there were a lot of rumors in 2016 that he was going to come back and everything like that. Every doctor under the sun had cleared him by that point, except WWE. So right. they make him go out there in, in February retire. and retire. Right. So he's out of whack. He missed 2016, 2017, yes. 2018. Of course, by, by 2018, like, the rumbles are even louder. They're like, hey, man, this man's contract's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some might go on. And Daniel Bryan magically is cleared. Hmm. I yeah, wonder like, why. What was it like? like five so,
3: weeks out from WrestleMania,
1: 2018. Right. Yeah. Okay. It, it was like three weeks out from WrestleMania. Okay, mm-hmm. even closer. Okay. Yep. So he goes through, and and of course they they murder him as a baby face, like within months. A, a layup, blown like a like a blown layup, uh, the size like I I couldn't imagine you know how I couldn't imagine missing that, but they did. Right. So, Dan Bryant to save his own career, knowing how this company works, he's like, I'll be a heel. So, instead of getting the big inspirational thing with, you know, the fans feeling good and everything, this company's like, yeah, we'll, we'll take some heat. So, they make him kick AJ in the dick, put the belt on him, and I'm just like, I, I snap off and lose my mind. Like, I'm like, I can't believe this. Like, they've just turned him... I, I was like, they're going to make him a chicken shit champion, and of course, Dan Bryant. Every step of the way, I said he's going to murder it because he's Dan O'Brien and he's right. a genius. But we already know there's another there's another level to this. Right. So why don't you want that other level? Right. Like, so he has the title all through the Royal Rumble. Of course, he's the champion at the Royal Rumble, and they give him like a lame duck AJ Styles match after AJ Styles had already lost his rematch before that. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then they make them wrestle like. Like this very, very slow match that leads to Eric Rowan coming out. No one's feeling good about anything. And that whole time, Dan O'Brien has no WrestleMania opponent planned at that time, even though he's the champion, right? And he's doing his Planet Champion stuff. Then. All of a sudden, Kofi and catches fire, and that's like the best thing to happen because well, that actually hold on, hold on, gives real quick. him something.
3: In, in theory, the word was it was supposed to be Mustafa Ali for a certain amount of time, which was then to set up for him and versus Kevin Owens, and then they put Kofi into the into the gauntlet, and he and they put basically made him the Seth R- Rollins of that year's gauntlet, and he got over, and so then they had to change course, and then they moved uh, they pushed off Kevin Owens um, to the side or whatever for, for the better story, quite frankly. So go
1: ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And, and they were going to – had they have been, even gone that Owens' direction, it it would have been getting started too late. It would have, like, just been pulled out of thin air, for one, and it Seemingly, probably yeah. would have gone, like – yeah, it, it probably would have just been another match on the card at WrestleMania. And it luckily, Kofi yeah. Kingston, Daniel Bryan, like some, something happened, and that felt special for whatever reason, right? Yeah. First, like African-born WWE champion. Never mind. Can you say um, that you broke up for a <laughs> At bit. the time, I was writing plenty of columns on Lords of Pain, uh, detailing this.
3: <laughs> hey, Rich, can you start that over? I at said at the time I
1: was writing uh, plenty of columns on Lords of Pain, detailing all this.
4: And and as one of the moderators Um, in the comments section, I I always appreciated that, Rich. (laughs) You always brought out the best in (laughs) people.
1: (laughs) This was uh, the same time Hulk
4: Hogan was coming back.
1: Oh, God. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, I was not happy at the time. I was not happy. But, um the uh, thing with Daniel Bryan from there, he loses and he kind of just fades around and drifts and then all of a sudden he's a babyface without really a turn Um, Mm -hmm. by just getting beat up by Eric Rowan Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he's teaming up with Roman Reigns and I'm like, well um, both they they, they book Bryan and Reigns horribly together for Mm -hmm. the rest of 2019 they don't do shit with either of them (laughs) and then by the time the Wrestlemania comes uh, or the the at the end of the year they cut down Brian's hair off, which is like you they're dramatically changing your look when you're a baby face. It's it's an adjustment, you know, for, in how people receive you. I believe, and. They're like, oh, we have this terrible champion named Bray Wyatt who who doesn't have any type of good matches at all. I know what we'll do. We'll put Daniel Bryan in there with him. At what time of year? The end of the year. Uh, And then the Royal Rumble to keep him out of the Royal Rumble because we don't want him near anything important at all because we ended up with Goldberg and Strowman, but never mind that. Um By that time, Daniel Bryan was having a nice little eight-minute match with Sami Zayn for the IC title right where they want him. Not the top of the card. Not, you know, getting fans excited. Because they hate this man. They always have, and they always will. And they're set to do it again. And not only with the guy that has been linked with him for all these years, the, 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 the guys that have been diametrically opposed to each other, even through retirement, quote-unquote, while Reigns has struggled and Reigns finally has the, the correct alignment and it's like mm-hmm. always what I said what would take for, for Roman Reigns to get accepted it was like I always used to say Daniel Bryan would have to come out of retirement Roman Reigns had to be a heel and Daniel Bryan would either have to like win at Wrestlemania or like they need to have like the best match like one of the best matches we've ever seen in the main event of Wrestlemania for the title and you live with it from there those are the options so what do they do? <laughs> They're about to blow this shit off, put Daniel Bryan in the in Rome Reigns together the Royal Rumble next year. This is my prediction. Uh get Brian the fuck out of here and then pull out Goldberg or something. And then Daniel O'Brien will be wrestling like, you know, I don't even know who's a heel, a mid card heel he'll be wrestling fucking Corbin at like next year's WrestleMania oh or something Oh my like, god. <laughs> Shadow <laughs> Band from the Rumble. Write it down. If you look at the calendar, they got Survivor Series, so they, there's no pressure for them to do a match right. next month, right? Because all the matches are set up. Right. TLC, they normally do like goofy gimmick matches. Um, yeah. no, they no, could the do Daniel Bryan is, and Jey Uso, you mentioned. That,
3: exactly, that's the thing that's their form right there because they they've set, you know, the the tribal chief has set one one of his uh, deputy sheriffs to to come handle. Of, you know, Daniel Bryan before this shit gets, you know, out of hand. So, like, you see, like, that was probably, unless that's television, I imagine that's going to be something that they do at, uh, TLC. And then from there, that gives them, you know, uh, about six weeks or five weeks to get to Royal Rumble. Um, traditionally going off of where T- TLC have is, going nice, like, you know, like... a week before or two weeks before Christmas. And then the very end of January, like, between, you know, that week off between the, um, conference championship games in football and the Super Bowl is where they put Royal Rumble historically. So that gives them like six weeks to get to a Royal Roman Reigns match, you have a nice little build, and then they can, you know, tell they have Daniel Bryan, uh, get whooped, and then they can move on with their day in theory. So, exactly, uh, I, that's why I said exactly. for you to, to go ahead and do your so that uh, way
1: you thing. get no Royal Rumble. They they get no Royal Rumble, they get no hijacking, they get none of this stuff. They get Daniel Bryan getting beat before the Royal Rumble happens, and yep. then or they have the Royal Rumble first and then they beat <laughs> Daniel Bryan. So like, <laughs> that's actually my prediction. They have Sam. the Royal Rumble first, then Roman Reigns beats Daniel Bryan.
3: Sam, do you, now now my question for you, have more or less, two uh, is one question. Do you? see the case that he's laid out or do you now understand what i deal with on a weekly basis
4: yeah look i i work in a bank i'm a business banker if one of my clients came in presented that kind of a business case and was like i need to cut a check for for whether this is going to happen or not for royal rumble mm-hmm. i'd probably be cashing that today yeah. i think yeah <laughs> like man and the, the problem with the i mean part of the problem with this right is that there are people who will who will wave this like constant sidelining of Daniel Bryan away? Because Daniel Bryan's just so good that he makes it work. Like the the booking, Daniel Bryan has succeeded since he returned, completely right. in spite yep. of how WWE has booked him. He so should, as Rich said, he should have had the most triumphant, heartwarming mm-hmm. return ever. Instead, yep. he gets like a mid-card match and then a like a flaw. Like what happened to his I mean, face he drum when he cares. returned? Big Cass! Like, he, he did not return to fight Big Cass. And there's so many amazing wrestlers on the WWE roster. How have we not had Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins yet? Like, that hasn't happened yet. And, and I that's don't know great. why. They had absolute bangers in the past in the lead-up to – in 2014. Yes. Sorry, 2013. Oh, that'll they be his WrestleMania opponent. Sorry. TV. Yep. I mean, that's exactly right. And that's the that'll, problem, be, right? that'll
1: be his WrestleMania opponent.
4: Those Seth. guys will save it in the ring because Seth. they're so damn good. You know, like, he, he, he turned heel on AJ when he should have been having an amazingly triumphant run – but he makes it work because he's just so damn good. He's the wrestler of the decade. He's, he's probably the best all-round wrestler in the world. So he just constantly makes it work in spite of the fact that, as you said, the WWE could not care about him. They don't they, – he is someone that that they pro, that is an inconvenience because he works so well. And the only reason they keep him around is because they know that if they let him go, he'll go to New Japan, he'll go to AEW, and he'll – Like, become the most popular wrestler in the world in those organizations instead of in their own.
1: (sighs) Compelling case.
3: Why do, I, why do I feel like I've had like the last five years of like One Nation Radio shows just like all thrown in together for like just this segment? It feels like I feel <laughs> like this is a rerun of the last five years of One Nation Radio. <laughs> Damn it! Um, yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um... It is just for me. Is like it's been beaten out of me. I, I, like I'm almost a poor
1: like. True. I drink, That's I drink, what, I, I'm I I'm removed from it. So like there is no anger here. There there is just simple analysis and, and jokes. Quite frankly, that they keep proving yeah. me right. I dare them to prove me wrong at this point. <laughs> the only
4: sadness for me is that we haven't had that he, he has he's still in the WWE, and, like, I mean, fair play to him. He's he's cashing that check, but, man, how amazing would it be to have him in the G1? Like, have him in a G1, having matches with, like, Ishii, Ishii and Shingo Takaga. I mean, you could write a list right. of the people. There is a Shingo and, Daniel and, you know, Bryan
1: match from 2010 that's out there. Uh, it happened in Dragon Gate, uh, if you guys want to find it. Yeah, um, and there's also I, I know it's out 30, there if you can find it.
3: Yeah, and there's also the what was the under thirty thing with Tanahashi and um and Daniel Bryan like yeah, yeah that's cool but like oh did was, they have a match
4: that was ages. I was ago. about to I was about to bring up Tanahashi and Daniel Bryan because right. I me and uh me and some other guys from from wrestling headlines did like this kind of draft thing for you know our our to celebrate the last decade of wrestling mm-hmm. we all created did a draft roster and somehow I ended up with Daniel Bryan and. And Hiroshi Tanahashi, both in my organization where I was making How picks. Was that and I was like, I was thinking the only other person I would have probably picked would have been The Rock, maybe, if he'd been <laughs> available. <laughs> but somehow I ended up with those two and. Man, thinking about the like the dream match they could have. Oh man. Yeah. yeah, that's the only that's the only sad thing about the Daniel Bryan situation for me now. Um as I said, I don't really watch the WWE anymore. I've I've watched wrestling in other places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wish I I just miss him and wish he was I you know miss him. He's having
2: dad. a never <laughs> alive. I miss him. <laughs> this man is it self. I miss, I miss watching miss him. <laughs> I miss Daniel Bryan. That's
4: perfect. Okay. All right.
2: So.
3: Oh,
1: Oh, man. I guess we should get Uh, into the preview now.
3: Is it worth the wait having me on? (laughs) Yes, it was. So. Oh, yes. (laughs) Do we? So was it? I can't remember the date that uh, he he showed up in WWE and Nexus or whatever else. So, but I know it's 2010, and like I imagine, like Sunrise, whatever the date that is, 2010. Right now, in my head, and then like whatever, I guess what like, October Halloween, Halloween 2020 <laughs> sunset, because he had been pronounced yeah. dead by Sir Sam. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, so. I guess from there we trans- we transition from the Depth of Daniel Bryan <laughs> to um to a a review for full gear um yeah man um I like so much about this build especially from the potential of the card um and I like all but one of these um programs um I I don't know where you even want to start Rich where, or Sam where do you want to start at
1: you do we just go I guess we start with sam if you want to go first on each of these just like just an overview of like what you're thinking uh of, of, of how the card is and how they've got here and you know how excited are you for the event do you
3: have the card yeah, yeah I do okay
4: okay yeah look i'm I'm super excited for this event I think it's it's shaping up to be a a better card than All Out, I feel like. Maybe not, I mean, Double or Nothing was such a weird time because everyone was in lockdown and it was such a weird time TV-wise and they, you know, pulled it out of the bag there. But this one is just up and down, so well built. As you said, there's, you know, one or two matches that maybe haven't, haven't paid off as well as they could have in the build but in the in the ring I've got no doubt this is going to be you know just such a fantastic one if you want to start I mean if you want to start at the championship level with my my man John Moxley <laughs>
3: um, yes let's start there a guy who's wearing a Dean Ambrose shirt right now
4: yeah it's true <laughs> um, yeah look I mean this has been I've I've never I've always worn my fandom for this fella on on my sleeve. Oh, we know. Um, and and out in the open, <laughs> we've had. I remember back in 2018 having a number of back and forths with you guys. When, oh, when, Whoa, when We're gonna bring that the, up. Whoa, that's, that's that's getting brought <laughs> okay, up right the fuck
2: okay, now.
4: <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm happy to. We'll, we'll talk about this and we'll get into it. But look, this year's been just a banner year for Mo- for John Moxley. Um, just and and his run as champion is just. I cannot remember a better run as a face champion um, that's been, you know, for, for so long, since certainly since I've been paying attention to, to wrestling. Uh, and this the strength of it is emphasized in this match. They've already had this match. They had this match about a month ago. Yep. But they've managed to build it in such a way that it still feels incredibly compelling that he is going up against Eddie Kingston. Uh, in, in an, I quit match. And isn't it interesting that they're having an, I quit match, you know, like two weeks after the WWE had an, I quit match at hell in a cell. Um, and I have got no doubt in my mind that these guys are going to, you know,
3: show them how it's done. (laughs) Right. And no, that's no knock against the, um, the J Uso enrollment match. I thought that was a good match. It's just a little bit too, um, over the top with acting instead of action for me. But, um, I wouldn't, I would never say that, man. I, I, I would never go back and watch it, but I like, wouldn't say it was bad. So, um, as far as, no, neither would I,
4: and for the record, neither would I, but right. I, I mean, you look at the two guys in this and the story that they have built already, Yeah, like the, even personal. just the fact in the promo Moxley was like, oh, I've been doing the rest for business, but this one's this time it's getting personal. Uh, yeah. and, and Eddie Kingston takes everything personally. Like, every single thing that happens to him is a is a personal slight against him. Uh, and, and these guys are both electric on the microphone and aren't afraid to, you know, mix up with brutality in the ring. This has got all the makings of just a, an incredible I quit match.
3: Yeah. Go ahead, Rich.
1: Yeah, man. Um, with, with Marsley and Kingston, it's like... <laughs> I feel like you're looking at two sides of the coin of the same guy. It's like you're looking at the good version uh, of a guy and then like the bad version of the same guy uh in Kingston. Kingston has just I think come on the scene in a way that I would feel like longtime fans of his are like beating their chest like this is what we've been saying all this time this guy's never got like, you know, the proper elevation, the proper shine and <laughs> so it seems like AEW <laughs> yes, I, I feel like um, I feel like AEW stumbled into like another like you know quasi a guy that can work the main event. Mm-hmm. because he's always going to be able to talk to somebody and, and get people, you know, uh, like, we see it on BTE when they're like, hey, Eddie, cut a promo on this bag of, like, Sour Patch Kids, and then, like, he does, <laughs> and it's amazing, and it's like, wow. it, it's fucking, like, it's crazy, like, they would be like, I had him a cookie, and be like, hey, Eddie, cut a cut a promo on this cookie, and then, you know, it's like, you know, they're my wife's come pumpkin. crumbling down, and, like, you know, yeah, a pumpkin, yeah, that one was, too. And, and that's going to be very valuable as you know you're going to be developing. I think a lot of baby faces, and Eddie Kingston is the perfect guy for every one of them to fight. <laughs> and he's a he's a faction leader. Like this guy's like taking a rapid elevation. That's not taking anything away from Mox, who's just been a, a battalion of consistency uh, throughout this year. Been, I think you know he's going to win Observer Wrestler of the Year and <laughs> he's, he's going to
3: wrestler year two, probably
1: uh, like, I think he's going to um, like with with this match he's going to really get to show he had his crazy match with Kenny last year but he's mm-hmm. going to get back to some of the crazy shit here so and he's going to be right in his wheelhouse with what he likes to do this is going to be awesome
3: yeah um I, okay, so you made this point about how like they're two sides of the same coin and it made, and it makes me think of the last year's Santana and Ortiz versus Young Bucks match when they did their, you know, their version of twenty four seven, the two stuff when they said, you know, like Y'all, you know, your, your, you know your, your dad went out there and made your ring so you can go out there and be backyarders. Like, y'all aren't self-made. Like, y'all had all—we, you know, it's us. It's me and my brother, and we, you know, got on them trains to train to do this shit, to make the dream happen. Like, we had help. We ain't had no help, you know? And then—and talked about how, like, what is it to be—makes uh, me think of, like, the Becky Lynch Ron, or Ronda promos. Like, it's one thing to be made tough uh, or be born tough. It's another one to be made tough— and but anyway, uh, the real thing for me is like you think of the opposite sides of, of of the coin that you mentioned when it came to that, and it's like, but they also with this the way they're setting it up is like they also knew know each other, knew each other, and then you look at like Moxley, you know, the land of entertainers, as as he said, um, Kingston said, is like, you got the shot, you got the call to the show, I didn't. I had to toil away. I could have been you. I don't think he said that, right. yet, but like a lot of that is pointing towards I, I, I could I have feel like been that too.
1: You. So right, I, I feel like that too. Like right. he, he, like like this could this could easily like based on the Eddie Kingston character we know. You don't think Eddie Kingston would have loved that life, uh, right. making that money? Like this, right. this is
3: <laughs> right. He's a scammer. This whole thing, he's just, he's just a little scammer. Like there's a lot of him in there. A lot of consmanship there, absolutely. So, and a lot of sleaze and, and scum and, and, uh, and scumminess. Like so much sleaze. And, like every time he comes out, I always, I've, I've never mentioned this on the show yet. But every time it com- he comes out, I keep thinking like this man has this fake imitation knocked off version of um of that D- of DMX. Uh, um, oh my yeah. god. Uh, Stop being like, greedy. Stop being greedy. Exactly. It's like, he keeps coming. He has that fake version. Like, it keeps sliding because I keep forgetting it. Why does this man keep sliding? But anyway, it's just like, yeah, that's, that's the thing. And I mean, I, I hope, like, I'm not, or I kind of do hope that, like, on the go home show, he says this. Like, I could have been, he would have been like, I was on the, I was on the pul- the pulse of this the whole time. But yeah, just, it's just a, it's just a very personal story. And like, you know, I really think it's a really nice touch. It's like, moxley thinks this dude is redeemable even though we've seen nothing to to let us believe let's believe this i mean may be as part of the fact that like you know moxley is is kind of with these kind of shenanigans or you know or could be a part of some of these shenanigans if he weren't wasn't you know this anti-hero but he finds you know uh, a a piece of himself in, in kingston and he's like i'm trying to drag that out of you you know once i beat you know leave you unconscious or or make you quit or whatever else like Well he was so, saying
4: he's going to beat him until he's his friend again. Right.
3: So. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I really lie. you know out of nowhere yeah. too cuz like, you know, 2 weeks ago or you know, almost 3 years ago I was like, why, why are they going? It's like they're headed towards us again. Why he just dispatched of him just like you mentioned earlier Sam and I, now I'm just like after these promos they've cut on each other the last 2 weeks is like it is very similar to like this to the Samoa Joe 2017, talk talk up the hype, to get you just, like, all of a sudden, you're just hot as shit out of nowhere. Um, And, like, just, they crafted this seemingly out of nowhere. Like, you know, I made the joke about, um, Iron Man, about, like, they seemingly just made this shit out of bits and parts and scraps in a cave, and it just worked so well. And, like,
4: I was, I mean, I was actually kind of... I was kind of worried about full gear because I was when they were heading into that Archer match. I was like, "What the heck are they going to be doing, Moxley at full gear? Right. If they're going to be doing this singles, I think I'd earmarked that um, that as when Omega and Moxley would meet again. Uh-huh. But then they announced that the singles final would be in at, at full gear. I was like, "Geez, what are they going to do with Moxley? Like, and I was thinking through my mind, who who can he go against? Who can he go against that's, he, that's going to get him through to that match with that I hope is going to happen with Omega? I guess now at Revolution. Um and they've just pulled this out of nowhere as like this guy got beaten clean in like ten minutes a month ago right and they've been able to just pull it like build it up out of you know and, and I mean is there a chance that Eddie could win Oh no Absolutely no, no. not really but no. I, I mean in the heat it.
3: of the battle
4: Yeah in the heat of the battle it's gonna be it's it's still gonna be awesome
2: Yeah
3: like ultimately the yeah. thing is like go hard enough to where you get the near fall where you think oh my god he's going to actually lose and then after the kick out or the last gas survival like you go from there and get out of the match and that's a, that's success in itself um you know I I think that's really the main thing um, just get, get people to buy into one or two near falls for Kingston by the end of the match and then you know go home from there
1: it's gonna be tough because the I quit match, so no near falls, but they need to feel like Moxley's like finished at some yeah, point yeah. in the match. Well, like he fall, cannot,
4: he yeah. cannot go through. It'll be like he cannot go through this. Right. Like he will not put himself through this. Right. Like Eddie's, Eddie's right. got you know set the Lucha Brothers on him and set the Butcher and the Blade on him and got him into a position where he's got to you know, as I mean that thing that he said. Last year, I think when they were doing the uh, the stuff with Kenny, where he had to crawl through glass, they're going to put him in a situation mm-hmm. where you're like, "There's no like he's got no option but to quit." But Moxley, being the badass that he is, he'll he'll crawl through that glass and Jump, and come out the yeah. other end. Yeah, Die Hard.
3: <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what were you say is the next match? Would it be the Young Bucks versus FTR, or would it be Kenny Omega and Hangman? Because I'm willing to put FTR in, what's <laughs> as low as you can put it? Can
1: I, I would probably say Kenny and Hangman. Hey Thank you. Because, like, you know, it's the return of singles Kenny Omega on pay per view, which is very exciting. Um, these guys have been linked and um, they've had this tournament. Nice tournament. Uh, we'll get to it later in the review, but um, Hangman hey and Kenny, Sam, how are you feeling about this? Like, how about everything, you know, going with uh, both of these guys kind of you know, breaking out from their team and, yeah. you know, going into this thing here.
4: It's, it's just been a, you know, an incredibly long story, but a really good one where we've had so many little teasers, like I just remember at Revolution, which was in February, February. Yep. where they teased that That buckshot, first they teased like the young buck super kicking Hangman, and then they teased, and the crowd was so into each one of those things, Uh, and I mean, hasn't, AEW has done an incredible job with Hangman, and I know you guys aren't quite as hot, hot on Hangman as what a lot of people are, but you know, this guy was not, when, when they put him out there to be, and he made that promo back in 2019 where he was saying, I'm going to become the first champion. It was like, oh, really? Really? And then he got up against Jericho and it was like, wow, this man's going to have to like have the best showing he has ever had to be in that position. But now, a year later, it's like, this guy fits. People love this man and he feels like a main event star because of all of the toing and fro they did in that tag team, um, because of the way that they've had Have him. He was almost the dominant force in that tag team, and Omega was kind of in the background, and you could see the resentment from Omega building up, bubbling up a little bit. And now, Omega's come out and reminded everyone just how great he is, and how big of a star he is, and you know is is playing fully into that idea that he is the greatest that he he's he's sending up the idea that he is god's greatest gift to wrestling uh and leaning so hard into that that you've got this you know you actually have a really interesting dynamic between them as well beyond just like you know it's going to be a banger you know they've got history you've got this guy who's like really earnest um and wants to prove himself against a guy who thinks he is like is acting like he is or is a god almost and you know I have no doubt that Kenny Omega believes that he will absolutely wipe the floor with hangman page, but you know, hangman's going to, he's, he's going to be going into it going, this is the biggest fight of my life, but I'm going to give it everything I got.
1: James.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm with you on the layout of the, of the, of it. I think the thing for me is just like, I'm a person that's like... I'm watching stuff from week to week, and I'm just like, alright, actions or whatever else. Actions and talk, like, cool. But, like, actions are what really matter more than anything else. So, like, when Hangman is, like, so caught up with, like, being a dick to the young Bucks, And then... And he knows that, like, his tag partners are, are so close with the young Bucks, And then, like, ultimately, he... You know, instead of wanting another match with them after he, you know, boat raced both of them out of there um, at, at Revolution to, like, take the easy way out and screw them dudes from getting a, another chance at a title shot. And then, like, you know, as you mentioned, the, you know, the the building for and protection for Hangman was you going to tag with Kenny and you're going to win every match by with a pinfall, with a finish. um, For him to go out and lose at the end and then like you know just like not understand or i don't i don't i get the sympathy for people having for him because they like him but for me it's just like he's an asshole he screwed over his friends his friends didn't do anything to him that in um in in equal response to the stuff that they've done to him I don't really find that dude that like worthy of redemption (laughs) at least not yet so it's like i mean because obviously you know you can go on the the path towards it similar to you know seth in 2017 right but if it's if it is there it ain't there yet and i'm just like all right he's gonna go out here and have a match and most people are going to be into the hangman thing and i'm just like i'm sorry like Kenny's the Kenny's the one that actually should have a grudge against that dude like he screwed over his friends and then he lost the belts like that's how I do you see watch,
4: it do you watch BTA James no I watch oh the okay night. There's been some interesting stuff on that, and I wish it was on Dynamite, and it's, you know, it's AEW's fault it's not, where Hangman's been talking about how he realised that he was always going to be second fiddle for the Bucks, that they, you know, they wouldn't accompany him to the ring for his biggest match ever against Chris Jericho, um, whereas they accompanied Kenny to the ring for all of his biggest matches. Uh, And that was when he realised that he was always going to be a prop for the Young Bucks, some and he would be everything that he did would be able to be leveraged by like the Young Bucks and the Elite to be, um, look what we have given you. Like you need to be grateful to us, um, look what we have given you. And that's why he wanted to take his destiny in his hands. And look, to be honest, I'll they haven't done the best job explaining that, um, beyond what they've done on BTE. So on actual dynamite, I totally understand where mm-hmm. you're coming from. Um yeah. but that's I guess that's that's what he's saying is that look, these guys were um like they – sure, I was getting something from them, but they weren't actually behind me the way that they said they were. And he said the same thing to Brendan. He had a really interesting kind of thing with Brendan Cutler when Brendan Cutler was like asking the Young Bucks to be on his side and sit in his corner and they were like, uh, no, I don't think we will. Um, he was like, look, you'll always be a prop to them. And, yes, they've done some nice things to you, um, for you, but they they will always hold that over you.
1: Yeah, and that's what I mean about yeah, like we they were like them. we we only we only expecting one wrestler.
4: Yeah, yeah. No. and he thought, right. and he thought with, that's with, what with he literally said. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and and he thought with FTR that they might have been his boys because they had so much in common. And went, right, because they're obviously because they're they were they were guys. just screwing <laughs> him over.
3: Yeah, <laughs> 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 and then drink beer, I love yeah, so, beer. <laughs> like, that's the, and, and that's the thing when it comes to with me is like okay, it's like when we talk about you know emotions versus and I call them the emo cowboys. Like that's what I mean when it comes to the emotions part about it um, with him is like. He tells you, or he'll tell you, obviously, off on BTE or Road 2's, how he feels... But then, like, he'll go on in these shows and then he'll screw over these people that, like, haven't done anything necessarily wrong to him. And it's like, bro, that's a you problem. That's not, that's not, that's not a Young Bucks and Katie Omega problem. That's it. That's in your head. You are your own worst enemy. And I understand how people, like, feel for that kind of character because a lot of people also feel that like they have self-destructive tendencies or whatever else. And they, and they, you know, they hope that this dude can overcome that. But for me, I'm just like, hey, bro, you will fuck up. Just stop fucking up. You'll be okay. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you, bro, dude? And that, that's why I just, I don't care that, like, he's, he's drowning his sorrows, and alcoholism, and beer. It's like, hey, bro, unfuck yourself. Seek help. There are professionals that will help you, uh, uh, cowboy. I, but, but I can tell you this, wrestling and throwing your head at the ground will not help you. That will only make things worse.
1: <laughs> so, uh, um, I'm very excited about this match. Um, as Sam mentioned, this oh, yeah. has been a oh, yeah. very long-term, um, story, and essentially, like uh, the the big controversy and talking point has been Kenny Omega's usage the first year of AEW, and yes. you know, it it feels good to say that we, I believe, on this show have said the whole time, like, yeah, uh, clearly this is building towards. You know, him, like when Kenny did all his jobs in the beginning, it's like, okay, cool. Everybody that's now in the main event scene has been established and had to go through Kenny. So by that time, it's time for him to come back around. He's got something cool to do in the meantime with Hangman. He can lend uh, his star power and his credibility to Hangman, help make another star, and then that's his next program, and by that time, that's probably going to carry the company uh, into 2021. And we're here now, so <laughs> after a uh, two hundred twenty eight day title reign with like ten defenses uh there'll probably be the tag team of the year uh Kenny's a wrestler of the year candidate I know that he's he's uh got an opportunity to add on to his resume uh at the end of the year with with this match with Paige and whatever happens uh from now, I don't think he's much of a lock as he once was, but he um him and Hangman, they have shown they have chemistry not only on screen as a team, uh, in matches, like from the third episode of Dynamite, they started teaming up. Everyone loved the yeah. team.
3: That was that and great tag match with him with those two versus uh Pac and and um Moxie where Moxie Mox. walked out on Pac and Pac, that's when Pac got his first loss in AEW, right? Yeah, that was mm-hmm. like the se- was that like the second or third show of Dynamite.
1: That was like the third week or okay. something. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. So this has like been crafted. Like Kenny lost his first big main event against Jericho. Heyman lost that main event against Jericho, and from there they were kind of together. Like for the most part, you know. Um, and now with them, you know, the, the fallout over the summer. I want to see Kenny beat that ass.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about just, it. Like,
1: just saying. That's just how, saying. That's
3: exactly how I feel. It's like. He 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 decided to, he's he he is at the top of the card. He loses. He decides to go side questing with his young boy. His young boy keeps winning these matches or whatever else. And then at the end, like he has problems with people that he, that are of Hangman's. or I'm sorry, of Kenny's that, that Kenny is closer to than him, and he resent and I, like it's just like for me, it's like what could Kenny have done as a human being to like have you know make this work more smoothly. Like, I feel like he's the aggrieved party. I hope he blasts his fucking head off. Like, (laughs) that's that's me too. Like, just be sure to that man's head to fucking San Diego from Jacksonville. I don't care.
1: (laughs) And it's funny, like, like Kenny's been the one to kind of undergo this, quote unquote, this character change. And, you know, kind of embraces more. Um, eccentric qualities, I would I right. would describe it as, and you know his critical claim and stuff like that, like that's the stuff that that I love that fires me up. So like it's like I'm not gonna boo no Kenny Mega, like he's clearly like gonna be the straw that stirs the drink here. And, but um, I think
3: there's also some at play. Like I mean I don't know. It, it, I think you know I wish there was a crowd, a full crowd, and maybe there'll be enough crowd to actually fill this. Mm-hmm. But like in the aftermath of this match. Regardless of whoever wins or loses. If this is indeed the full-on, you know, the the turn or the final push to get Kenny Omega to full heel Kenny Omega, I hope he does take a page from Jericho when he was wrestling Sean and call the fans hypocrites. Like, I didn't break up the elite. Hangman did. Why are you booing me? He's the I didn't asshole. lose the belts. Hangman did. Right
4: he's the asshole and, I and didn't lose. all I've been hearing all year is we want the cleaner back we want singles Kenny Omega here he is why are you booing him
3: right like so yep. I really hope there is a there is the Jericho hypocrites th- angle there because it's absolutely there at play I don't know what I'm saying is I hope he uses it so because it's there yeah and you know yeah hey and also I'm just so happy to have Kenny Omega as a singles wrestler back I really am like I, I, look don't even no disrespect like I love the tag matches or whatever else i like to see Kenny Omega by himself doing his thing. Like, I don't want to see Kazuchika Okada in a fucking tag team. I don't want to see Mayu and, like, I know she tags all the time. I don't want to see Mayu and Tani in a tag team. I don't want to see Io Shirai in a tag team. I want to see, I don't want to see Ishii in a tag team, even if it is a never or whatever else thing. I want to see the top dudes at their best as acts kicking all kinds of ass or getting their ass kicked. I'm fine with that. Like that's that's kind of what I prefer to the tag matches. Like I think a lot of the other stuff kind of, it's cool, but like I feel like it's easier to tell one on one stories than it is to tell four person stories to try to get that through. And like, I think they did a, a great job with those two, and even with the Young Bucks stuff or whatever else every tag team they face. But I feel like. I, I, I feel like this. We're match, here match now. I think the match is gonna blow the roof off. Like I think it's gonna be one of the better matches in AEW this year. I I'm, I'm really happy that we're gonna get to this point because like I had to wait so fucking long to get through these fucking tag matches. Like you know I'm on a great tag match, but I want singles action.
4: There is a difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like it's it's just it's, yeah, just, it's so, really um, hard. The Young Bucks do a good job of it too, but like it's really hard to get that. Well, aside from the last couple weeks, but it's really hard to get the the two team, four people and two of them hate the other two and, and vice versa, as opposed to one person and this person and something's in the way, or there's a tension there and there's going to be resolved in the ring one way or the other. I it's, it's just so much narratively neater. And it's such a, it's just less effort. And it's more efficient to me. That's just, that's just what it is. Like, don't get me wrong. I love tag wrestling, but I'm just glad Kenny's out and out like his prison out. He's out, <laughs> and, and out. it's time to go. And it's
1: time to go. Yeah. So who who uh, who we got? Who... I, I was go I
4: was thinking. I go... Yeah, I was thinking Kenny, and until uh, I think it was this week. Just some bloke I follow on Twitter, Gareth. Uh, he uh, was posting a thing about why Hangman should win. And I kind of mm-hmm. – so he's – I don't know if I completely agree with it, but I kind of understood where he's coming from in that if they really want to make Hangman the star and they kind of have been saying, look, Hangman is the future of this promotion, if they they risk putting a glass ceiling on him if he continually loses to the top guys um, – so he's already lost to Jericho. If he loses to Kenny, that's like – I always look at the four top guys are Kenny, Moxley – um, Jericho and Cody, um, yep. and that yep. would be two, him losing to two of them. So it almost sits him at that 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 level, be, just below them. And mm. to get through that level, it can get harder and harder the more you beat him mm. um, with those top guys. That's true. I think I think AEW could do it because um, it's kind of that's like a WWE thing that we're sort of importing in. Uh, but I, I can kind of see the argument for for Hangman for Hangman. Beating Omega just to like push him through to that that final top level and solidify him at that top level. But man, I want to see, I want to see, I, I'd love to see Hangman and uh, Hangman and Moxley. But man, I want to see Omega and Moxley again because you know they're gonna smash it.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think the thing for me is I have trust in this promotion that I don't have in um, on the main roster. So for me,
2: hmm.
3: like they can beat Johnny Gargano to death because I know eventually he's going to get the title. Even Mm. if it's two months, just two fucking months, he's going to get the belt. Um, And I think the thing for me is if the idea is to get Kenny Omega as a heel, I feel like the best path for that is he, whatever he does, takes an easy way out, a shortcut, what have you. But... Beats Hangman, succeeds Moxley as champion, reigns as the heel, and then the person to eventually topple him is Hangman in their second match. And I trust in their yeah. Make people booking. from a business yep,
1: yep. perspective, people will pay for that. Right. Mm.
3: Right. Is it because it's a it's a, it's a legitimate and, and
1: also you run the risk cr- of crowds may be coming back by them. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: right so like for me like because I trust in the long term booking in a way that I really only trust with New Japan mm-hmm. AEW, stardom and NXT at the top of the card like a chase will actually be fulfilled before it's on the back before it's like way past its peak or um, or they've done something to screw up the character so I'm, I'm I can I can buy into that um with them, so i'm I'm willing to you know so I see it as like that's setting up for a bigger you know payoff potentially if he were to win later on and supplant Kenny and by that time he will officially have been you know in that ranking because I mean by that point in time there's still time for him you know hangman you mentioned about um the top four like he could lose and then mess around and become um the t n t champion mm-hmm. for a while lose it and then come back by the end of next year. And, and win it. Like, there's still things for him to do. Um, yeah, they planted crazy. seeds for him versus Brody, um, potentially. Yeah, I think oh, yeah, you're that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right, because, you just, know, he, that's yeah. that's true with the Brody thing. Absolutely. That's been there for, just, for months. And man, that'd be an awesome months. match as
4: well. Um, and Puck's coming back. Puck and Hangman, you can run that one back as well.
3: That'd be the fourth match, right? If they were to have another match. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, love their, I love their
1: feuds. Hell, you can get you can have Jericho uh fight Hangman and then basically have Hangman topple right back the all the dominoes yep. that has led him down yep. to this lowest yep. point. Yep,
4: yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Look, I I was I I just said I think Omega will win it, but it it, just, look, it and, and cool then point. and then when
1: Hangman's the champion I'll say, and then when Hangman's the champion, who what heel do you have coming up? Cody. MJF. Oh I thought you were <laughs> yeah. say Cody.
3: I thought you were gonna say Cody, but yeah. <laughs> But, but he can't. But he can't uh, fight for the belt. Ch- he can't fight for the belt ever again. Why? Because he self-imposed some shit that's not legal. He just—that's t- how he's gonna turn heel. Like he's going to go back on that. And like I'm gonna be like, I told you this shit was stupid when they did it back in 2019. Um, yeah, it
2: could Speaking be. Speaking of the, stipulations
4: about not being able to fight for the belt again, do you want to move on to FTR? Oh that's my
2: the- fucking god! <laughs> All
1: right, let's go. Oh man, right. let's do it. We we did a thorough breakdown of our issues with it last week. So, Sam, uh, FTR versus Young Bucks. How much more excited... If this is the case, or not the case, uh, let us know. But how much more excited were you about this match like three months ago than you are now? (laughs) I mean, I think everyone's still excited for it,
4: but we're just like, what have you guys been doing? Like, did you think this whole thing through? And then, like, all of a sudden... It's now like the young bucks have got to win, otherwise they can't fight for the for the title again, and that's what Cody did last year. And it's like, what, what is going? Like, I trust you guys to save it in the ring, but what is going on? And man, it's just so so weird that it's been like the two biggest FTR matches have, like, kind of almost you know that one the the match with with Omega and Hangman. It was good, but you know it wasn't. It wasn't like it was this this transcendent based. level.
3: Yeah, it was a disappointment based on expectations. Absolutely. And and
4: you know, like they haven't blown the roof off with this with the lead up. They've kind of, I thought they'd salvaged it when they you know busted when they pilmanized Matt's leg. But then this week they like did an interview, which was kind of kind of interesting. But then they added this weird stipulation on it. It's like, what? Like what's going on? <laughs> Why? Why are we doing this stipulation again? And like, I thought it could be shot like Dickhead Hung, but um, Dickhead Young Bucks are having a shot at Cody, but they haven't phrased it that way. No one else mentioned like how it echoes of Cody from Full Gear last year. It's just, it's just a baffling. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. they they get I'm every glad.
4: like they've got every other main event thing,
3: right, <laughs> right. But this is just. <laughs> Sam, I gotta tell you, I'm glad that you don't like this. I'm so so, I thought you would like this. I'm like, I don't understand any of the people's motivation in this. Like, it's four bad guys, have at it. I don't care, man. Like, I I hope the match is good, but like, the the young, I kind, go
4: ahead, I kind of get the the overall direction of the young bucks heading that way, but yeah the problem is they've they've put this match up with like the company's most despicable heels <sighs> at, like at the wrong point of this Ah, that should be look that should have been what caused the young bucks to like fly off the off the handle and go okay we need to become what we were in 2016 when we thought these guys you know when they get beaten by FTR the first time that should be they that's when they like go go back to being you know scummy arrogant little little pricks, because they're really good at it. Yeah. But <laughs> instead, it's like, this is halfway through that transition, um, and it's just weird timing for it. No. Me or you, Rich? Yeah, this has been a weird run for the, Revi- uh, oh, like the Revival. The Revival's eventual indie run has not gone the way we thought it would. <laughs>
3: okay, so... For me, this is like some boy cry, who cried wolf shit. Like, I don't know how many title shots or how many number one contendership matches the Young Bucks have blown, but it has to be at least five at this point, right? Like, let's see. They uh, did they have a match with um, SU when they were champions? Didn't SU beat them when they were champs in the title defense. Yes. That's one. Yes. They lost the they lost to the <laughs> they lost a private party in the, party in the first one. round of the tournament. Yeah. That's two. Mm-hmm. Uh they lost to Hangman and in, in um in Kenny. That's three. I feel like there's other ones that the shots that they've had to get in and they've lost as well. But anyway, like they you know, you have <laughs> they have uh oh my god, what's his name? Mask announcer Aw, caliber They have X-Caliber on every fucking uh, go, you know pre-show, twenty-four-seven thing. Road to say I, the Young Bucks are the best team in the world, and all they do is fucking lose whenever it matters. And now, and now they're like, all right, well, put, we're gonna put our money where our mouth is. It's like, all right, bro, like that would be more far more helpful if you were clear-cut. baby faces and not dicks. Where people be like, oh no, this might be their last, this might be, this is their last gasp. They have put, they have put it all online. And now it's like, you've been kicking ring announcers and Tony Schiavone for no fucking reason for the last two months. I don't care if you don't win the titles in the month. Fuck you. Like, so it's, so it's like, for me, it's like, you're dicks. Why should I care? Like, would it suck if a great team like you don't become, have a chance to be able to Yeah, but you're an asshole. So why should I care? I think and that, that's, what,
1: that's, that's what they're depending on. That's what they're depending on. That they're the best. Like this is this no, no. They're depending on you feeling like, Whoa, fuck, what they can never be the champions? Nah, we gotta like root for the young Bucks. No Like or else like this shit is like it's like what what's going on here? And in a way, uh the way the Cody situation was so jarring where Cody hadn't failed, he'd won right. every single match going into that. Right. So it's like why would you do that? And the Cody... Bucks have lost everything going right. into that.
3: And the thing for me, another decision of is like Cody was the hottest white meat baby face we've had in years in the sport maybe or the fake sport or industry or whatever you want to call it and then that happened the young bucks they've been assholes for the last month or, or month and a half or whatever so it's like uh you know I like that sucks if it happened to them but like I don't really feel bad if they don't so like just, like, you, it's you, you, forever, it like, like it's, it's not
1: forever though it's not forever it's sent, like 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 what they've done in the storyline is not for, forever like they can always go back to being like great babyfaces and they would always have that scar on them yeah, so but, the th- but the I think that's why
3: but the thing for me is like <clears throat> if they had cleaned if they had actually cleaned up what the mess they got themselves into when they you know we talked about this last weekend and then they did that promo and the only thing they gave us was well we, we have an edge now because of What happened to us with Hangman and FTR? And it's like, well, what is this? Like, but the way you're reacting is by like kicking innocent people, not like, you know, cheating, (laughs) not, not, it was, it's not just confined to, okay, you cheat in the ring from time to time, or you get more vicious. It's like, you're also dicks to innocent people. Like, so it's like, it could be, uh, it sounds like cap, but it, it, it sounds like bullshit to me.
4: It could be funny if uh, the they win and the Dynamite after or straight after they cut a promo or something and they're, like, trying to celebrate with all the other tag teams. Like, you know, they're happy, you know, look at what we did, guys. We won it. We finally beat these dastardly guys. We've been ruling the division and private party and best friends are all like, uh, no, you guys, are, we don't right. like you guys anymore. Right. <laughs> we
1: don't we- want...
3: Right. I'm remember gonna when party they, with you right remember when for you remember when they super kick private party like three weeks ago in the face yeah. after shaking their hands it's like yeah. no I'm not gonna celebrate we're gonna stop in you dude <laughs> it, uh, uh,
1: I'm pick uh, I'm picking the bucks like like this one has a has a uh cl- I think a clear line difference than the cody one um and i I don't think the bucks like they're gonna scar the young bucks like that because if they can't win the bells, then they have to break them up, essentially. And they did flash something on BTE, which was quite interesting. Um, that uh, Matt uh, he had a cell phone, right, that told him the future after he would take a picture of somebody, oh, and it would show him. It was like some Twilight Zone shit. So he took a picture of Nick or whatever, and then all of a sudden he flashed, and then Nick was holding the TNT title or whatever by himself. So eventually, you know, we going to get that Nick Jackson uh, it's TNT that, title uh, room, hashtag which me <laughs> yes, <laughs> sign me up. Yes, sign me up. You look so interesting. Yeah, guys. I, I got the bucks all the way.
3: No, it's just the, the idea of. Not, I don't necessarily say teasing it, but it's like if that is the future, I'm okay with Nick Jackson being a singles wrestler, like in the ring only. Like I do not trust him as a talker whatsoever. Um, so like that's kind of the thing. That, like, so if he could talk, then I'd be okay with him being a singles act, right? Because he's a great wrestler. Um, but it's but it's another thing. Is like, is Matt done? Like, is Matt going to start tagging with... Never know. Is Matt going to start tagging with with Matt Hardy and they can both be the the Matt Hardy, the the Matt Hardy, Matt Jackson, you know, Jannetty's that that, that, that 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 they naturally are, are, where they just like, we are, you know, we are the lesser wrestlers of, of our two brothers. We are also the older brothers. And, you know, that's kind of... We've made a lot in life and we find a relationship and a connection in that where we can both be, you know, number two. Like, like... That bike they both got bad backs. The, oh, that's true. <laughs> like so I mean whatever. Young like, Bucks all the way. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'll get Young Bucks. I'll go Young Bucks. Like I, like at this point like when they said, like you know, they you know, we'll you know they did they, they did the Cody step, I was like, dude, now I now officially like I don't care who wins. I don't whatever. Whatever y'all wanna do, whatever y'all wanna do. Y'all y'all have this is not what I was expecting five months ago. This is this is not what I wanted five months ago. If I had known this was, what was going to turn out to be a mess, a narrative mess.
1: Uh, where are we go next from here? So we got Cody and Darby Allen for the oh, yeah. TNT Championship. Should be a good so, match. So uh, this one kind of came... I don't know where it should be a good match uh, as as James mentioned um, so we're about a week out. we got one week to do whatever Cody's in a six man tag next week I don't know what Darby's involved in um, but of course he had the hot few Ricky Starks throughout this period just kind of seems like they're pulling this match out of thin air um, uh, Sam uh, how you feeling about uh, Cody versus Darby Allen Uh
4: I it is kind of I mean it's kind of out of thin air in that they Cody was just finishing up with um, Orange Cassidy, and they're still kind of getting circled by the Dark Order. And then Darby Allen's just thrown in, but because Cody has such a rich, rich history with uh, with uh, Darby Allen, I'm I'm perfectly fine to give it a pass. Um, because you know, Cody, they had that draw originally in yeah. the the original championship um, tournament. Darby hit the coffin drop. <laughs> and tilt and yeah Cody <laughs> Cody rolled him up or tilted him up. He also had that to, match on New
1: Year's <sighs> New Year's Day, yes. which is I think kind of goes goes forgotten, but that was a great match. Yeah, that
3: was um Yeah. That's like a four-star match, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean Cody's Cody's made this
4: TNT championship out of wrestling different wrestlers every single week. So I'm I'm sure they'll do so, they'll talk about it this week and it'll be You know, it's not it's not a a bill that's going to blow the roof off, or, or, you know, that's, you know, anyone's, you know, throwing their babies in the air about. But it's a, uh, it's uh, you know, it's good. It's it'll be a good match, and it's they've got enough history that it'll be it'll be it's it's still solid what they can do.
3: Yeah, um, I believe they're playing off the history that we all should know by now, Mm -hmm. um, because it's been it's been so well, you know, for the most part, very well done. So you know, this is kind of like the most real estate Cody has ever really given up to the rest of um, the shows leading up to pay per views. Like this isn't some big you know big thing, personal thing, or whatever else. This is more or less like, all right, I'm having a match. Um, So he's in a he's in a different he's getting moved around on the card. Um, But ultimately, I think we're having another good ass match. doesn't feel like the right time for Darby to win, but eventually he has to beat Cody. Um And, you know, with this, a lot of this stuff is us waiting, like, all right, well, you got to save that in this and that and this for when the crowds come back. But, like, we don't know when the crowd's coming back, right? So it's like, eventually you got to pull the trigger on it. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of these people that are chasing, you know, running on fumes. So, you know, if they if they decide to, you know, if they decide to change the belt and have Cody... I'm uh, not Cody but Darby finally uh beat Cody then I'm fine with it like I don't whatever they do I'm, I'm I think I'm okay with, well barring some ridiculous Cody stuff but um like as far as the result I I think I'll be good either way
1: um, so Arne Anderson did something Cheated and uh, in, in his match <laughs> this week He punched Orange Cassidy in the face yep. uh, I'm wondering if he's going to try to assert himself In this match And that lead to something with Cody Like, hey, what the hell's going on um, Cody is building a faction now I don't know if you guys know this But he's officially added Lee Johnson To the Nightmare family As well as the Gun Club um, I I just want to go over the roster for the Nightmare Family. Y'all tell me uh, what y'all think about. <laughs> How many rosters. people are in so this family? Got, <laughs> right, everybody. Right. So we we've got uh the the head of the fashion, We've got Cody Rhodes. Then I would say his number two is his brother Dustin, and then he has QT. His young boy is Lee Johnson. He's got a tag team and the Gun Club, and he's got a women's wrestler. And Brandy Rose, is this one of the sorriest factions y'all have ever seen?
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, except- it's,
3: I mean, I've never. I don't think I've seen Lee Johnson anything other than getting uh, uh, other than getting squashed. It was Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson was also in the campaign trail for MJF against Moxie, right?
1: Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. Lee Johnson is actually good. I, I would vouch for Lee Johnson.
3: <clears throat> okay, so for me, people that I want to watch in um the 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 uh, nightmare family would be Cody Rhodes and his brother Dustin and no one else like no disrespect to Lee Johnson maybe if i saw him more i would be okay with that but i don't want to see another soul out of that um in in nightmare family like no thank you like i'm not saying i'm not saying they're as bad as like tie before B and Konami got there, but I also don't want to watch him either. <laughs> so, it's just like, it, it, it's, it's, it's a real barren faction. Like, the gun club, Billy Gunn is, Billy Gunn is damn near 60, ain't he? Yes. Yeah.
1: Huge, like, still.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how he
1: does it.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, so, and then, but, his, and then um, his brother, just bring gives, that sorry, his, brother so, his son gives gives off the worst energy. The the, the, the get the fuck off my yeah, screen energy. Yeah, I don't like, ever want to hang out with walls he, and Gunn. He could be as uh, prodigious as Dominic Mysterio Jr. or azumi or whatever, and I would never know. I don't want to see that dude. He just looks, uh, uh-uh, uh bro. He he looks like he, he looks like he he's destined to suck. He just does. And I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm calling it. I'm reading a book by his cover, but Rich, you watch you watch Dark. Is he any good?
1: I I look. I'll say this. Uh, they have two young guys that are in the Nightmare family. Lee Johnson is the clear selection amongst okay. those two.
4: Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. Yeah, um, Lee
4: Johnson has not been positioned I bring them... as someone who's going to set the world alight yet, but every single match he's had, he's done something that just like, okay. you know, you're like, oh, that's impressive. This guy can go. So when the time comes to put the motor behind him, who knows? Okay,
2: but, but,
1: He's but, 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 this but, but year's Jungle sure? Boy. How Jungle Boy was O and yep. everything, He's yeah. uh, he, he's uh, he's kind of in that role right now. He's so the, I would the look the... for 2021 –
3: you just undercut the joke I had What's in my mind. I'm gonna say, are we sure that that uh, Austin Gunn is not another Jungle Boy? But then you said Jungle Boy, so you you, step, you, you undercut whatever I was gonna say. So it is what it is, whatever.
1: <laughs> so. Um... <laughs> With uh, I I brought that up I, because I'm wondering if those people are gonna get involved in this match. Um, Cody and Darby, plenty of rich history between them. Uh, James said I I would go either way. I don't think Darby Allen's at the point of no return to where if you beat him, people will lose hope and faith in him. Um, I I would be circling everything to start thinking about. You know, you you're gonna want to pull the trigger on that at least by like double or nothing. I think you can push this to so. For me, Cody's still, you know, solid, you know, business-wise. There, I, don't, I don't really see any reason to go away from him. Uh, so I'm going to pick Cody to retain. Um, and this one, like, you know, it, it, like Kazuchika kind Okada of lost in the Tokyo Dome to Tanahashi twice. Mm. I think Darby Allen can come back from this.
4: Yeah, I agree. Darby Allen. I mean. His thing in Evolve was just that he got, beaten, he got 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 beaten. So you can yeah, you don't wanna you don't want to completely ruin him, but he's a guy that can that can take some losses and it'll only it'll only make the comeback better eventually. Yes, so I'd James. be, having, I'd I, be I having... compared
1: Darby Allen to Kazusko Okada. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, and the no, reason no. I did that was
3: If if you if you If you saw the, if you look, you're looking at the screen and you're looking like it might just discuss, it wasn't because of the Darby, um, Okada, uh, comparison. That's, that's not at all. I just had the realization that he added these dudes to this, to the dark, or I'm sorry, the nightmare family so that he can go to war and have some multi, multi match, multiple person match with the dark order. That's exactly what it's for.
1: Yeah, he, he probably wants to do war games. Hey.
3: You already know. Stop putting Q.T. Marshall on my TV screen unless he's getting whooped and trying to fuck the bunny. Please, that's all, that's only that's all I want. I Either want him to get murdered by the blade, or I want him to fuck the bunny. and I don't mean like I need to see him fuck the bunny. Like what? I want it like they, you know, they go to the they close to the hotel room and they close the door. And it, you know, he puts a sock on the door. That's all I need. I know. That's all I need. All I, I
4: heard there was live sex celebration, James.
3: No, I, I don't want that. <laughs> I just, I just want, I just want either, I just either want boot knocking or boot rocking. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. What, what's next?
1: <laughs> what's so next? So we've got, um, so the next match, Chris Jericho on MJF. Ah. Um, so uh, these two guys, uh, we've got a heel versus heel match here. Is this the uh, rare
3: feud where like, that, I, that I've kind of, I don't think I've ever really encounter where it's like somebody's turning face <laughs> somebody is turning face so don't know so who, yes but the, one of them is the turning result
1: face. the result of many heel versus heel matches is somebody's turning face and i think it's chris jericho and i feel like a coupe is on the horizon here uh there well, may be a new see, leader of the inner circle like sooner than car? later like a 2 car no, like like there is like an insurrection, like there is a takeover about to happen. No,
3: Rich, Rich, no, it's spelled coop, but it's pronounced cool. Yeah. It's oh.
1: <laughs> so I guess that's like my Cam Newton language. Yes. That's my You're like, Cam Newton no, language. Yes. Don't, yeah. don't go you calling
4: it a coop after the election happens. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> you know, you
1: can, you can MJF, new leader, leader of the Inner Circle, you can ink it in gold. Oh, you know
3: cam Newton, okay, you go you know, cam the Newton.
1: monotonism of, of Chris Jericho, you know, he's
3: in <laughs> he's stupid,
1: but yeah, you, you play, I think
3: we don't play, or sorry, uh, what was it football, or what do you say you don't you don't ballet football or you don't play or you don't play ballet. What did Cam Newton say about ballet and football? I can't remember it was some crazy, yeah. line. whatever, yeah. I'm sorry.
1: I, I feel like you know they'll have to figure out something with Warlow getting in the inner circle with MJL because that's his muscle or whatever to make everybody else get in line. Hager, but Hager. uh, I yeah, there's there's natural tension there. Maybe you even split it to where uh, proud and powerful. Of course, they're conflicted as well yes. because it was like you know Ortiz was like I don't like you, Santana. Right. I don't know, but yeah, it seems like there's a kid. there's a Sammy Jericho uh Santana side of this and, and Hager. And then there's maybe an Ortiz, MJF, uh, Wardlow, uh we we don't know. Like there mm-hmm. there's still a lot up in the air, but this is uh this is all very interesting because of the millions of ways they can go. Sam, how have you felt about this feud from the inception and then of course uh I, I would love to know what you thought of the uh song and dance routine and then you know, looking uh-huh. at this heel versus heel thing and who's going to who's becoming good here?
4: Yeah, I I really like this. This is like an example. I just dropped a column actually on Wrestling Headlines um, talking about how I've just really loved AEW and what they've done. And we've we've dropped a few things on them and we'll probably do some more before this podcast ends. But just in general, it's been a fantastic year of TV. And this is just an example of why. You know, they dropped hints about this a year ago.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right, and they s
4: they, they, they started they started showing like Jericho and MJF that they're similar kinds of people and that they've you know, they've got this kind of symbiotic, competitive, but also they look at each other and see how they can use one another to mm-hmm. like leverage and, and to, to build themselves up. And I, I just I love the dynamic between them. Uh, and yeah, look, it all kind of came to a head with them having a uh, <laughs> song and dance off, which I don't know. I personally enjoyed it. I like. <laughs> I thought it. Look, it was cheesy as hell, and if it was anyone else, that wouldn't have worked. Like, it wouldn't have worked. But because it's these two characters that are both just like so over the top, and Jericho's like this. He's like this old washed up rock star, and he's trying to go yeah. like he's trying to keep up with this new guy who's like is basically him from 30 years ago, right? Uh, And you could see even at the end, like, you know, the lyrics were hilarious. And at the end, you could see when uh, MJF was like, one more time, Chris, and you could see Chris Jericho got a look in his eyes. He was like, shit, I can't do this one more time. I'm blown up. (laughs) And and he's like, no, just the final line. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And, And then they've got this tension between the group as well, where, you know, like, Chris Jericho you can see Chris Jericho is like I can see how we can leverage having MJF in this group but the rest of the group's not cool with it because they're like don't you know who this is this is MJF he turns on everyone right. like yeah, he's going to come in here and he's going to he's going to like screw us up and then of course you've got Wardlow as well who's like just sitting over there ready to bust out as like this this decades version of Batista, just ready to be like the one that everyone loves, and you know just the the different things that are at play. I love it. Oh, I so, love so it Sam, when you've got what, so many things what, at play.
1: What you're saying is that AEW championship lineage lineage further then descends into more things making sense. So after MJF takes it off, Hey Man, then Wardlow's right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is man. such a well booked company oh my god
4: like, yeah like and i just love it when there's just so many threads going on and like you we don't know what's going to happen you know like they could mjf could join and and wardlow could be kind of left out and that could be the thread that sends wardlow to space as a as a baby face that everyone loves or you know wardlow could get brought in and as rich said you know they could end up splitting the two and they've got in a circle wolf pack, and in inner...
2: a <laughs> circle wolf pack,
4: <laughs> okay, so but, you know, like it's just so compelling because this isn't gonna yeah. like they're gonna have more matches down the road. I think MJF is gonna win this one, um, because that's what's gonna you know further the story, and it's just it's hugely compelling weekly TV.
3: <laughs> Um, I'm st- I'm still shaking from the the inner circle wolf because <laughs> it's like I would gladly buy inner circle, so that has nothing to do with Jericho at this point. <laughs> I gladly <put> it. <laughs> Um. So yeah. Um. There's so much I play because you know, a couple weeks ago I was like. You know, once they were giving out the the jackets and he forgot Sammy's jacket, I was like, okay, that's a clear opportunity to do MJF versus Sammy. But you know, now they're doing Jericho and they haven't done that yet. But like, you know, there's there's a there's just a tension right there between Warlow and and Hager as heavies for these two jackasses. Um, that's gonna get, it's gonna happen eventually too. Like, there's so many levers and threads to pull on, um, mm-hmm. before they, you know, blow it up or go wherever they go that I'm just, you know, it's, it's all just interesting. And, you know, I'm, you know, I don't know how ma- how good that match is gonna be, but like, Get, you know this is like what the fifth co- match we're talking about like it also doesn't have to be yeah. great anyway it could just be a standard jericho pay-per-view match which is just you know running well except for the last one it's just running the mill good and we can go on from there like everything that happens after or you know
1: the angle is more important than the actual match right like and you can argue that this is prop like for the storytelling and the promotion it's like Maybe number two with an argument for number one. Like it's a day one of the promotion faction, like is going to change course possibly it, if MJF wins.
3: I would put it for me well, if you're talking about from a long term perspective, then yeah, I put it two. Um you were talking about just intriguing plus, you know, the amount of investment involved in it, I think I still put it below um, Kenny versus um Hangman. But hey, yeah, it, you know it's it's there. They they they've they've been surrounding each other ever since MJ or ever ever since MJF screwed Cody at uh, Full Gear last year. So in that that promo right after. So like it's been there since November level of 2019. So you know they it's you know all you gotta do is just drop some t- show some chemistry here and there and then come back to it later and later and you know this has been it's been really good. It's been really good. Um, uh,
1: what's next? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to pick MJF to win here.
3: Oh, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um,
1: Hmm. I never
3: actually thought about a winner. Jericho just lost last pay-per-view match. So did MJF. Yeah. MJF probably needs it more than You know, then again, you could do the whole situation where they have the match. Jericho beats MJF. Jericho. Then after being still puts him in. I mean, either way, he's. I think he's getting in. Yeah. Um. I, I guess I'll go MJF. Yeah.
1: Um. So next match we've got uh, Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's World Title. Um. Nyla Rose basically said that she <laughs> was not wrestling until when she say um, it, Rich. I
4: didn't say a say it. <laughs>
1: Uh, Vicky, well, Vicky did it. Vicky cut a promo.
3: Okay, where?
1: Oh, was it on Doc? Was it? No, no, it was. Uh, it was backstage. When? Three weeks ago, something like that.
3: Okay, three weeks ago. The only thing I remember was whoever someone mentioned that Nyla said this to Sheeta, and then Sheeta said, "Bring it on," and that was that's their, you know. And then aside from, um. The title defense that, one of the title defenses recently that, uh, Sheeta had where Nyla was sitting ringside and she, you know, made a stone or made a, uh, smoldering face at the fact that Nyla is still, not Nyla, but her, her car was still successful while she was, while Nyla was sitting ringside. Like, that's pretty much been the entire build of this feud. A stare and somebody said something and then she yep. responds to it and that's the whole, that's the whole build. I, I don't really have anything else. Do y'all have Man. anything else on there? Like, I think it's matched two. I really like their match from um, a few months, from la- a couple pay-per-views ago, but that's really all I got.
1: Yeah, it's I don't so have much on this. Um, yeah. Like, it's like, like, try, but...
4: It feels yeah. so last minute. It feels so yeah. thrown together. Like, it feels like this week, it feels like this <laughs> last week, they're like, crap, we've got a we've got a pay-per-view coming up, we haven't put Sheeta in a match, what are we going to do? We've got 30, like, a minute segment here we can do, we'll just say that she can fight Nyla, like, it's so out of nowhere, and it's even worse than the last, like, before the last one, I came out and said, look, we've been giving the AEW, AEW women's division excuses, and some of them legitimate, but the build to the last one was bad, they Sheeta was off TV for, for ages. They, like, had a Hail Mary with Thunder Rosa coming in. This one's been even worse, and I don't... Like, this is a company that's got so much right, and this has been, like, the stain. I almost want to say that even though it was, like, not hitting, the women's division was in a better shape last year when you had the, the like, the Brandy Rhodes stuff happening, because at least they were trying stuff. This, like... This feels so thrown together. Why was why has Nyla Rose been off TV if she's going to be a championship challenger? Well, like she,
3: you could
2: ask. Britt say- Baker
4: was on TV for the right. last two weeks, and right. and and she's like not on the pay per view. So why didn't they put Nyla Rose on it? Well, because they didn't think of this until this week. That's what it feels like to me, at least.
3: Okay, so I,
1: this is where it, they've they've leaned on that ranking. So Nyla having yeah. that number one ranking, that was their excuse to not book her yep. and basically give her that storyline out of I refuse to wrestle anybody mm. or whatever. But like, and the sad thing is, Sheater is a really good wrestler and she no, deserves no, way better than this. So, so.
3: Rich froze up. Sad part mm-hmm. of him,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah i I said it's a countdown until the belt's on Britt baker um and it feels like this match is just happening until we can find one of them to drop the belt to her
3: yeah um i think the thing for me is it's funny as you mentioned it how um like you feel like they've done nothing with uh, sam how you feel like they've done nothing with um Nyla as a challenger for the title and I gotta be quite honest with you, like if you remember how they built her up for her to eventually take the belt off of Riho, it's very similar. She wrapped up wins on Dark. they they in passing kind of told you that she was killing it on Dark, and then she took the title off on TV off of a uh, Riho in a great match. Um so like this it's just a thing. Like, if you only have that even then, time, though she it was, might have... I was saying, well, well we're, like if you only, it's just, a, it's just a byproduct of only having that amount of time allotted to um, that division per week. Like, and it, it's, it's fun. It is isn't listen, listen to, um, or not listen, but read, like the how it reads on the Observer. And this is one of the things that I get, on, I get on Meltzer about is, like he'll say stuff like, you know, I'd rather watch um Ray Phoenix didn't watch any of the women in AEW. He didn't say that verbatim, but that's what he was getting at. And it was like, bro, they barely even put Ray Phoenix on fucking TV. So even if it's Ray, so, so what's your point? Like you're getting close to what you you're getting real close to what the actual fit problem is right now, which is like, yeah, like it's really hard to, to get on TV or get a lot of time or do something interesting in AEW if you're not a white guy right now. Why? Why that is? I think a lot of the most talented people are white guys, but it is being a it's a weird thing to where like this keeps happening in like Phoenix. or sorry, in Phoenix is like or not Phoenix, but um, Pentagon has has had like two matches on Dynamite since like I forgot what it was, but it's been weeks. Like basically like, since the last pay per view, like he's only been on paper. He's only had like three pay per view ma- or three TV matches between this cycle, so. Um, but back to the woman. It's just clearly the people, the person that they want to make a star is Britt Baker, and I have no problems with them m- m- trying to do that. Mm. And she, I feel like the stuff they done with her and the things she's executed has been very good this year when she's been healthy. Um, mm. I quite you know me and Rich kind of had bookmarked before she blew out her knee or hurt her knee that like this would be about the time she would take the belt off of Sheeta. Um, mm. but you know injuries happen, but. It it just it's just really it's just it's just a division that's not gonna get off the ground if they do not develop their put time into it on screen, on dynamite. And when Melzer, you know, puts out the thing about like the main event of Halloween Havoc versus Dynamite for the Pentagon and Kenny match, that EO and um Candace beat them, but also in that same quarter, um the Serena Deeb and Layla Hirsch match tanked, which is an excuse for well, they killed they 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 sent people fla- running and flot to Halloween have which is like no, the fuck they didn't, <laughs> no they didn't. So you know, it, it's, it's it's a it's a, it's a becoming a self fulfilling prophecy uh, to an extent. where it's like, if the only person you want to care about is Brit, then what do you think is going to happen?
4: So the thing that to. The, to kind of jump off what you're saying the thing that frustrates me is that this is a company that like so meticulously plans things out Biles like we too. just mentioned with MJF uh-huh. to Jericho and uh-huh. it doesn't feel like the women's division gets that attention right. like why would Serena Deeb and the whoever sorry what, I, I've forgotten it. Why were they? Why were they on TV? Why wasn't that Layla Hirsch versus Hikaru Shida with Nyla Rose sitting on the side? And then afterwards, Nyla out. Rose comes in.
3: Like why shut wasn't this, that? Check this out. Sam? There, Layla Hirsch and Hikaru Shida mm-hmm. had a match on Dark the day before, which means it was taped the week before. And that match to be and look and to be fair, the Layla Hirsch Serena D match um, was a replacement for the Abaddon and Ty Conti match because Ty Conti accidentally punched her in the throat and she couldn't breathe. I heard, so I heard the Sean
4: Spears match. match was the replacement, but... what
3: well, it was? Will you tell yeah. me? I don't know.
4: Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Bryn, you know I've, I've got, got no know, no knowings in the backstage.
3: <laughs> what, what happened? Can you straighten out what was it, the replacement it, match on it, Dynamite? It dropped. Okay, so what was the replacement match uh, for Abaddon? Lila and-
1: Hirsch and Serena Deeb.
4: Okay. Oh, okay. No, I'm wrong, sorry. All good.
3: Yeah, look, anyway, I
4: like why was why was Abaddon and
0: Cyclopti
4: originally booked there? I agree. Like, it should I agree. They're not they're not giving it the attention. They're not giving the attention. They're not trying to, you know, like do the sorts of things they're doing so well in the other divisions. I, they're just sort of mm-hmm. passing time and being like, crap, we got a pay per view, let's Right. I feel throw, like these, these guys will have a good match, we'll put them on there. And they will.
3: Right. They had a great match at double or nothing. the, the, but right, the segment
1: is. segment is all yours.
3: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that I think the thing was they were I mean I think the main thing for this cycle for the women's division was reestablish Brit and work on trying to get Thunder Rosa. And they put her on TV or I'm sorry, they gave her that match. They put her on TV, got you know, established her, gave her that match. Um, and then they had the you know the tag thing together with them, and I think a lot of that was to try to get her into the fold. And now she's she's seemingly off the WWE, right? Uh, and look, having what Halloween
1: happening. If you wanted to, okay, you go, Rich. So she's under contract until twenty twenty one to the NWA. So she's not actually going anywhere right well, now. So, so like she, she's weekend? playing games. So WWE's in pursuit of her. So is AW, but she's still under contract. Okay well into 2021. So why do they take the so belt she's off? just like, fuck, fucking with everybody. So why do they take the belt off
3: her? I
1: don't... I don't know, man.
2: Is, is, I mean, is with NWA not running, ADW? surely
3: they could... Yes. Okay, so I see what they're doing. Okay, they're gonna bring her back. She's probably gonna win on Dynamite or some shit like that, or something. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. It's That's weird. <laughs> whatever. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, so, look, having, um, having watched...
4: The, the stuff on Halloween Havoc, you, who could blame her for wanting to go the WWE if she wants to mess it like mix with the best because well, they yeah <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> Fair, yeah. Point. Fair point.
1: the main roster is, is is the sorry wasteland it's always been yeah um, like unless you were, unless you're like,
3: wrestling Sasha Banks or or <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: um as far as um like the women's division goes like It seems like it's a function, like they get one segment, that's segment six, 930, that's for them. And it's very competitive to get on Dynamite. And they have routinely, all summer, shed viewers. Like, that can't be ignored. Um, Now, is there a reason they're shedding viewers? Yeah, no star creation. Right. So, from there... You gotta. I, I think they're waiting to get their second show popped off, honestly, and be like, "All right, if you want to see folks, that's gonna be like the the spot that's open for more people to compete for." Uh, it's just too. It seems like they got too much going on right now. They've got Lance Archer regularly missing weeks at a time. They've got Ray Phoenix and, and the um, Lucha Brothers. Like they do have too much. Talent. You know, Same they way. may disappear. Maybe. So like they. It's like I'm not pushing Kenny Omega off the show for like another women's match. I'm not pushing Cody off the show. I'm not pushing the Bucks off the show. I'm not pushing Jericho off the show. <coughs> Sorry. Like I like uh, I know it it like you know it's cool to like want to champion women's wrestling and all that. And I'm a fan of women's wrestling, but at the end of the day, it's a business. They need to make sure they're uh they're in a ratings war. And until they can establish that second show, I think this is going to be what it is. It's unfortunate, but it's the reality of the situation. At the same time, yeah, but, um, the, but the best but that we can hope for is on pay per view. These, these folks get to kill like they get to save it, like they've routinely done, especially these two right here.
3: Yeah, Rich, but it's also saying and we've gone over this a bunch of times before, like. I understand Kenny Omega and Cody and um, the Young Bucks and Jericho and Moxley. um. But, like, can you also... Forgot him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, like, can you all... But, like, let's not act like, you know, the Jungle Boy and MJF and a lot of that mid-card really... Is some established hot and running act like that the women could not easily catch up to at this point in time, given given their familiarity with the product. Like, I, I I get that, but like, what what are we doing here? Like, do you want to have a woman's division that makes some damn sense that people actually care about or not? Because the way you're going about it will lead me to believe you don't. And it's been a year, right? Like. We're yeah more than a year now we're at like fifty we're past fifty two weeks, so I was like all right man like i can I can shoot i I can understand what you're up against i I absolutely can, but I can also under, but I can also see how you know you don't let go of the rope on on certain threads that y'all don't want to. And, uh, and it keeps constantly becoming a thing of like, why is this always being left off? Why is, uh, you know, we can go uh, back to it as far as like the, seemingly out of nowhere. Why does Emmy Sakara have to go on Twitter to explain the feud that, that's gonna be on your fucking pay-per-view on Twitter, as opposed to you just putting it up there? Like, this has been an ongoing thing since last November! Like, I, I understand what they're up against. However, like you guys have figured out masterfully how to handle so many different things. Why can't you solve this particular Rubik's Cube or even try? Yeah. You don't know, like you've even attempted to even fix this yet. It's been a year now.
4: Yeah, yeah that's what I'd close in saying. Is, look, even if you're going to say, look, the reality is, let's be pragmatic. The reality is, you're going to get one segment a week. At least do, like, plan that segment really well and do the best with that segment. And I don't think they're doing that at the moment. They could be
3: doing better with the time they're given. Mm. And you're right; they just have a lot of talent. They they absolutely do have a lot of talent. But like, just like they spread, they figured out ways how to spread out. Like you know, Team Taz with with Cage and Archer and um, Jake and the Dark Order was with, with uh, Brody. They figured out how to keep those three in order. Kingston. They figured out how to juggle all this stuff. I in hell, they've even added the Kingston thing that wasn't even there before. But this one particular ball, this whole division of however many dozen wrestlers are there, they, this ball keeps getting dropped when they're juggling all this stuff. And then, like, but I keep seeing them juggle more and more shit. Well, and, but this ball, this one particular ball keeps getting dropped. It's like, all right, bro, I get it. You don't like this blue fucking ball. All right. Like, we, we, we have to just accept that he doesn't want to juggle, or uh, he is if it's Tony Connish, but, like, if they, they're not juggling this one particular ball, and we have to start asking why. I think we I think I feel like a year is long enough.
1: I just do. So, is there anybody in the division besides Britt Baker or maybe Big Swole you're going to hand the mic?
4: Hmm, Nyla Rhodes can cut it. Nyla Rhodes cuts good
3: promos. Yes, yeah, she does. They
1: that's just true. gave her a manager. manager. With, I don't know with, why, they, but she they cuts just gave good her a manager with a 10-year-old yeah. gimmick or hmm. 15-year-old gimmick.
3: I don't think I don't think it's actually a problem, but it's like I don't know why they gave her that, and then like seemingly once they did that, like she's been she's she's been gone, like she's almost as ghost as she was when she wasn't coming in for the Georgia shows during the pandemic at the beginning of the pandemic, and like at least I understand that like she's not mm-hmm. showing up. I get why I put her, but like she's there now at these shows seemingly, and like she's gets as much airtime as when she wasn't fucking there. That, that's weird. Like, and I understand like okay if 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 the idea was we're focusing on Brit and we're focusing on establishing Thunder Rosa, fine. Um, but one of them better damn well be the next fucking title challenger (laughs) and neither one of them are. You know? Mm. It's just, if it was Brit, fine. If it was Swole, well, they already did the Swole Magic a few weeks ago. Um, if it was Thunder Rosa again, fine. Like, and even, even the, um, Sam, one thing I don't agree with you is, um, I thought that for a while, I thought that another Nala Rose match was coming. Um, but they did so little for that. Like, we'll see what they do next week. But like, we're at the point where like, it's too little too late. Like to get intrigued to it. You know, if this, if you feel like it's another match, I, I can understand that. Or, or if people feel like another match, I can understand it. Cause it just kind of is another match. They just throwing on there in two weeks out. um, but we'll see what they do because like they do have a history they can play on. Like uh, this, is this is one of those things that I feel like it's kind of like in the Cody side where it's like, they're relying on the fact that you remember what they've done together as opposed to, you know, go out there and show you something new right now.
1: And they had an awesome match last time.
3: Yeah. They had a really good match. Great match.
1: Uh, so say again, um, Last match on the preview, aside from that, I said, I said they had a really good match last time, so let's see if they can um, try to stay towards that standard. Uh, we've got Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in the Elite Deletion match, so this screams cinematic wrestling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sam, take it away. Sam-
4: I'm actually um, kind of happy that they're doing it as a cinematic match uh, as opposed to... An in-ring match because the last few times these guys have gotten the ring together, it they have hurt themselves a lot. Um, yeah, hurt Matt Hardy. Well, yeah. I I didn't really particularly want this match. I kind of get why they're doing it. Um, it'll probably be pretty good. I yeah, but uh, it's a. It, it is a story that they could have dropped. They could have kind of left with their final payoff that they had. Um, but they, I guess they just chose not to. And it'll still be good. And these guys do, uh, in the what we've seen, these guys do cinematic wrestling very well. Uh, so I'm expecting something really entertaining. Not that I'm super excited about it.
3: <laughs> I think that... Whatever they end up doing will definitely be better than the House of Horrors match, so there's that to look forward to. Um Yeah. Uh it's going to be a hardy compound match. Um uh, it's not Vanguard anymore. What's the name of the what's the name of the new um drone now? I forgot what it's called. Ooh, I forgot, forgot. it. <laughs>
2: That's
3: a date <deep> cut. <laughs> Okay, well, like, the new Vanguard or whatever else, I'm sure that's likely to make an appearance. Um, I wonder if the kids in, in um, Rebbie would make an appearance. I wonder if... Um, I wonder what happens with, uh, you know, um, Rebbie's dad. Like, I'm sure they're going to end up eventually getting to the warehouse with the kid. Um, or, I'm sorry, the warehouse with, with the ring. But, yeah, I think... um, I don't know what to expect, but I just know it'll be better than most main or most WWE uh, cinematic presentations. That, I mean, that's one thing I'm sure of.
1: It won't um, be Sammy Guevara gets a big win. He beats beats Sammy, the, the, the reason why this match is booked, he, he beats Matt Hardy at his house. That's what I got yep. on this match. Ah! He beats Matt Hardy at his house. <laughs> And then he fucks his wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Wow>. um, <laughs> Yikes.
3: We have... <laughs> Wow.
1: Uh, Pre show match. There's only
3: one cut angle happening on AEW right now, and that's with QT (laughs) and the Bunny. So let me see. We don't want to become the main roster. You stop this.
1: So um, we got the pre show match to buy in uh, John Silver. Uh, gotten himself over to legendary levels on bte i would say uh <laughs> coming against uh, orange cassidy who's uh had two pretty high profile matches recently with cody and jericho uh taking that rub and passing it on to one of the fastest growing uh cult acts in aw and uh silverism makes it to the stage so uh <laughs> are, are you gentlemen all ready for this big john silver born ready <laughs> As a as a fellow bald
4: man with a beard, I uh, I have very much enjoyed seeing the rise of John Silver.
3: <laughs> I, I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, I'm sure we're going to get some short jokes here and there, but like ultimately, like Silver is very damn good. And Orange Cassidy with the younger guys seems to be really damn good. Um, it's going to be some comedy wackiness or whatever else. I think it's something that's appropriate for the um, pre-show. Um, so you know, I'm interested. I'm interested to see. I'm actually interested to see this this pre-show match, which is like a rarity for me when it comes to anybody's pre-show. Like I tend, I tend to not give a damn. Just bring the match. Just bring the the real stuff out. Where I'll just tune in when it's time to click to for the real thing. So, um, I'll, I'll keep it out for this one.
1: Yeah, but that's gonna wrap up our full year preview. Looks like a great show. Um, <clears throat> I haven't been this excited about a AEW pay-per-view since Revolution. Uh, I was shaky going into the last two bills. I felt like. And, and they hit that home run with double or nothing. They did not with all out. So I think these guys are going to be motivated to um, get back in the winning column uh, with their pay-per-views. And they, they earned my trust a long time ago. So, um mm. Yeah, I guess we can uh we can go to Dynamite. I, I know Sam. Uh, we're, we're running in some time constraints possibly, um, so I don't know if you were uh, available still for AEW or. Uh, I may have to dip out. My little girl's
4: probably going to be waking up very shortly, so okay. I may have to dip out. But right. it's uh it's been absolute pleasure. Um, really enjoyed jumping on with you guys. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, come Come, come, follow me on Twitter, sir underscore Samuel or read my columns, wrestling headlines. I'm, I've just started writing about AEW again after, um, covering the G1. So, uh, yeah, love to yes, chat. I just want to
1: say, and I just want to say about Sam, like, when it, when I was doing a lot of my writing in the columns for him, Sam was, like, a guy that I considered, like, a contemporary, like, hey, I know I got to, like, make sure I have a good column because I know the next day Sam's going to post a good one. And it was <laughs> just, like, I felt like it was, like, a, a, a unspoken kind of thing. And I always respected Sam's, um you know, work and attention to detail. And I just wanted to let him know that I really appreciate you for pushing me to be a better writer and as well as everything that you've um. You know, contributed into uh, you know the wrestling community, I'm essentially taking the flag for Lords of Pain now. Yeah, the, geez, new man, like Matthews, the new I, Chad Matthews, I would Matthews. say.
4: <laughs> Not a doctor, unfortunately. What's so up, I don't Chad? Have- quite out of that (laughs) uh yeah look feelings mutual man we had a really good bunch of people shout outs to to clive from the ricky and clive show he was there type type it in man imp as well you know we had a real great bunch of guys coming up and it was like that you were like man i gotta get a new something something cooking because i know i know rich or clive's gonna be dropping something that's good so yeah yeah feelings mutual man um and yeah you guys stay safe we haven't talked about it much on on air but you guys are in a crazy time over in america and it's it's anxious for me over here in australia so i can't imagine what it's like for you guys being like right at the center, center of the shit storm i think as i said to you rich so look you guys yeah. stay safe really really big love to you guys and really appreciate you having me on it's been fun
1: no doubt man appreciate you coming on Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Thank you. We
4: can talk about Dean Ambrose next time. See
3: ya. (laughs) 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 right, man. Later. Cool, man. See ya. Thanks. Okay, so since he mentioned the the voting thing, I guess now would be the time for me to drop uh, my story about early voting. Oh, yeah!
1: Early voting! Oh, man. Okay. I voted by mail weeks ago, so mine should be in by now. Yeah, yeah, um, at least we hope. I mean, you can track yeah, we it. hope.
3: We, we can track it. i um, will have to look
1: that up. Yeah, make we can sure.
3: Track it. Yeah, you know, in, you know, uh, <laughs> take your ass out there on Monday if you need to. Uh, so, for me, look, uh, maybe I'll just vote twice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they don't Man, allow kidding. that. Don't, don't act like they out here, you know, uh, like people actually do that. But, yeah so I was in the same I had the same situation set up you did like actually was it me that actually got you to to sign up for uh mail in voting yeah too? yeah like yeah. that lets you know how how like my thing got lost so um I had you know person that's you know as you all know listen like definitely afraid of being around people during this time I't do know, I don't want that sickness, you can keep that shit away from me so um. <laughs> I knew that this is i didn't want to be stuck in line in a polling place where you know um don't go near the road dog oh um, yeah. <laughs> so, to, earlier, yeah so i knew i didn't want that
1: earlier yes
3: <laughs> so i definitely didn't want to you know be involved in that situation where i'm stuck you know in a, in a room or stuck in a line with a bunch of people with masks on or well actually in in florida <laughs> some people may not have masks on so i <laughs> ended up um I ended up, uh, you know, getting a ballot um, sent for a mail-in ballot or requesting a mail-in ballot. End up getting it, ended up misplacing it for a few weeks. And um, I got to a point where I was like, oh, shit, like, um, you know, the mail's mess. The situation with the mail's going on to where they're trying to, you know, slow down the mail so that less mail-in ballots get in. Um, so we reached a point to where, like, now this week is, like, it is too late to send your mail in ballot. If you have mail in ballot, nah, bro, do not put that shit into uh, the hands of the, of the United States Postal Service. <laughs> you, your your shit will, your vote will not count. Um,
1: shit will disappear.
3: Yeah. So I was looking at um situation. I was looking at all right. So I know that I always knew that. Like, worst comes to worst, like I can get the ballot and hand it in. They void it, and then they'll hand me, um, you know. I can vote there at, at whatever poll that at my whatever poll I'm designated to be at. Um, mm-hmm. or I could, you know, send it, you know, hand do the ballot and then put it into the drop box at the polling place. So I was listening to a few things and they're talking about how, you know, most elections in certain places, like they count and tabulate like the mail in ballots after the actual in-person votes. So, and then you hear these different states like Minnesota or Wisconsin or the Midwest states about how, like, they're planning on put segregating all of these uh, not in-person votes and, and they're going to tabulate them and then depending on um, whatever happens in, in the courthouses with was this post-dated uh, will dated things that don't get there in time count? Will Will they count at all, melon ballots? So I was like, nope, not doing it. Uh, so I found, or so I found my ballot. So instead of just dropping it off and avoiding the sickles, <laughs> I was like, nope, I, I gotta go to a place and turn in this ballot and actually vote in person to make sure I, there's no fuckery uh, going on, no shenanigans at play. So, um. For those, I give, if y'all, you know, that aren't from Florida, aren't from Central Florida, um, to give you an idea of what I was dealing with, like, I was in, I live in a town called Safety Harbor where, we're in a county basically adjacent to the west of Tampa. Um, so I live in a town called Safety Harbor, and next to me is a town called Clearwater, and north of, which is to the west of Safety Harbor, and then to the north is a town, um, called Palm Harbor of North of Clearwater. So Clearwater is the big, is the bigger, uh, town. And so I figured, all right, bigger town, they have a pole station, obviously more populated. Um, so, and it's in downtown Clearwater. So I'm like, nah, I don't want to go there. I'll go to Palm Harbor to the North. Um, and by, let's say Palm Harbor. And I think with Florida, for those that may or may not know, it's a kind of geographic thing to where like, the further north you go from Miami, in theory, uh, the more quote unquote southern it gets if you catch my drift. Um, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, Palm Harbor, if you go by the downtown area, it, uh, you know, you'll see, you know, people out in downtown or in the areas or in the neighborhoods with like a federal flags on their houses or, or, whatever else. And like Palmer's big enough to where like, it's, it, it's weird. Like all of a sudden you go a couple of places on, so you look, turn look around. Like, oh, hold on. Where am I at? What happened? What's going on here? <laughs> um, so I, I, I go to Palm Harbor to, to their, uh, polling place for early voting. And, and this is yesterday. And, before I did that, I looked at their polling track times, right? I see Clearwater says under 15 minutes. To me, that doesn't sound right. I see Palm Harbor says over 30 minutes. To me, that doesn't sound right. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to Palm Harbor still. Get there. Make a make a turn off on Nebraska Ridge, Nebraska Avenue, and start driving down again, you know, within a half mile of the polling place, and all I see is pickup truck, pickup truck, pickup truck, trump with Trump stuff all over it. And that doesn't bother me. That's fine. Uh see Blue Eyes Matters signs as much as you can. I, I think out of like the thirty f- signs and flags I saw, I think I saw one Biden Harris thing. <laughs> out of the thirty. Just overwhelmingly, you know, uh, for that side, right? And then I get past, you know, the the That area and get to actually the polling place and I look and like the line looks like a ninety minute wait line. I'm like, God damn! And like that doesn't bother me. Uh oh, I, 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 I backtrack a little bit. As I'm driving by the Trump stuff, I see them honking horns and waving at the people that are on the sidewalks with the flag, with the Trump flags and everything. And they're waving wearing their MAGA hats so on, waving at people as they drive by. And it's, it's interesting to see like this person is waving and waving and waving until they see my black ass inside my truck. And then they stop waving. And I was like, OK, hmm. all right, let me. Right. So you're saying they got you scouted. It, it, it seemed like there was something about me that he didn't like. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know what made. I, don't know what made I, I thought. I think that I'm a friendly person, but whatever. Look, how, so, how, how how did he know that you wasn't down with him? That's a very good question. You know, there are a lot of black men that are out here voting for, uh especially in our entertainment <laughs> industries, that are voting for uh Donald Trump. Dumbasses. Anyway, so fast forward back to uh getting looking at that line is like nine minutes long. I look. And I see see very, very few masks. I mean, like, there might be one mask for every 10 people I see in this line waiting. I'm like, at that point in time, I was Mm. like, do I have a black pen in my hand and I can just fill out this ballot in my car and then hand this shit in and then in the drop box and walk away? Because there's actually like... You can walk in from a different section you know, have to walk by all those sickos that, to get to mm-hmm. drop off your belt but i was like nah bro they liable to fuck something up <laughs> it's lot to be a fucking problem if i if i do that here no not
1: doing it so and it handed uh, hand handed over straight to the trash exactly
3: <laughs> straight to the shredder bitch so i uh so i was like you know what fuck it out it said under 15 minutes we finna see we're finna see if the Clearwater is actually under 15 minutes so um, oh. I reverse pivoted out of there and on the way out when I go back past those same um Trump Trump supporters, I catch one of them throw up a Nazi salute and I was like, Oh Lord. Oh he, no these fucking guys. They're they're out of their minds. So drive to Clearwater, downtown park, um, you know, and everybody had or everybody I saw had masks on that was in line. It was like a 15 it was like a fifteen, twenty minute wait. No, probably like a twenty minute wait um, I already knew everything that was on the ballot, what I was going to vote uh-huh. for. So once I, you know, got my ballot, you know, filled that bitch out quickly as I can, because I already knew yep. all the answers, yep. did all that stuff, uh, scanned it in, and then got out of there. Um, And I was done in like 30 minutes, as opposed to like, if I had stayed in Palm Harbor, that would have been a night of a 90 minute wait. I'd have been in front of all those sickos and all them Trump supporters. That would have, that had, that, nothing good would have came Every with that. Day. So, Yeah. Yeah, so shout so shout out to Clearwater, y'all got y'all shit in order. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I just don't. But yeah, and that, that's my voting story. Uh, so I guess we can move on to uh, Dynamite. A you know, um, actually before we do that, Wednesday, I, I only I think I'm only speaking to you. I'm sure you didn't watch NXT. Um, I talked about that with Ant about don't watch NXT. Don't don't ask him a question by NXT. He hates NXT. <laughs> so uh, he's like they're they're counter programming. So. I was saying, um, I think segment to segment, top to bottom, I think this was the best Wednesday night of wrestling we've had. Out of the Wednesday night wars, if whatever you want to call them, Wednesday night wrestling, I think this was the most consistent four hours of wrestling we've had. Um, so we can go from here, um, and talk about, um, <clears throat> and talk about dynamite.
1: Interesting.
3: Um, because sure I think there's only like but, three uh, segments that were not three. good out of four hours.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's why I say it that way. Yeah, that's just like... Right. Um, so we opened up, we had a Hangman page and the War Dog Ward Low. <laughs> yes, um, sir. And like we said, this was, this was going to be uh, a match where Hangman Page had to go through something to get somewhere. And boy, he's lucky he made it through because the fucking Warlord don't miss. He does not... Miss, he is still unblemished.
3: I mentioned that uh Warlow's unblemished to in uh so Socialplex uh Messenger thread and they were like, Well, I thought he lost to Cody in the cage match. That's I don't I'm not talking about wins and losses, that's I'm not, talking about quality. I'm talking about quality television. That's what I'm talking about. And everyone was like, Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> so yeah. they they went yeah, out there and they did the thing, a thing, a a well done match. Uh I I and I thought that, you know, the stuff that Warlow no sold for Hangman, only made it more sweet when Hangman actually won at the end. Um I thought I thought it was a really good match. I think the, the you know, the move out the way of the um Swanton of the Warlow Swanton was also a great uh touch as well. Just no. this this, you know, um I don't know how how old Warlow is. How old is he? Thirty one. Thirty one. Okay. Like thirty one, not much mileage I'm, to our knowledge. So yep.
1: Low mileage, hell of an athlete. uh, Knows where he's supposed to be, uh, and he doesn't look like anybody else. He's like a big guy, especially in this area, he stands out even more. Um, He's got a quiet uh, Roman Reigns like uh, quiet, you know, charisma about him. Um, And I think I think this guy's a babyface world champion one day.
3: I had actually thought about Roman in terms of word low in this in this respect. I don't, th- I don't think we've seen a big guy that was this well uh, protected, and I don't mean big guy like Braun Strowman. I mean like a dude that's like over two hundred forty pounds big. I don't mean a dude that's a super mm-hmm. heavyweight, but I don't think we've seen a dude that was, you know, like in that kind of build that was this well protected. As far as like we're going to do things with you that we know you can do, we're not going to do anything you can't do. Um, we are going to sit here and we were going to figure out how to have compelling, interesting matches with you, whether it was with the shield or with, you know, um, the tag matches they've done with Warlow or the cage match or whatever else. But like, I don't think there's been somebody that is like a very good athlete that is young to the game. Um, it has some things going for him. I don't think anyone's been like this well done since probably Roman that I can think of like I, I feel like it's really done I think they did a better job with Roman obviously but I'm still just like I believe that this dude could be the Batista to uh, MJF's Triple H um, if they book it a certain way like it's setting up perfectly they've already dropped the things where he's working for him for, for the work pay for paycheck like AEW's not cutting these checks MJF is like the cruelty of MJF mm-hmm. can ultimately lead to eventually he giving that man that thumbs down and dropping him on his ass um, it's all at play. And he keeps having these good matches. He keeps like popping you with these things that like, you don't expect from dude, his size, even though, you know, that's more of a thing of you tell dudes that size not to do not that they can't do it. just that they don't cause they're told not to. Mm-hmm. And you know, whether it's the, you know, the third good ladder match of all time with him and, <laughs> and Luchasaurus, like he keeps having these good ass oh,
2: matches.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Lumberjack match. On the yeah. Make, I'm sorry. Um, he just having these good ass matches and he keeps doing these cool things, like the, even the whooping thing with, uh, Cody, where he had that one whip, that one lash lead to the, the, um, cage match. Like, is they've done a really good job with this dude that, like, you can tell by, like, his matches that he's not all the way there as a complete worker, but he's so, the stuff they do with him is so damn good, and his execution's been flawless to where, like, it don't matter.
1: And, and and look... It's like he can hang with anybody.
3: Right. It, it, all they gotta do is give him time to... or give them time to figure it out, and they figure it out every single time with them so far. They, they're, he has a 100 batting average, uh, in my opinion, in AEW. Um, now, let's move on to
1: praising... And they, um, beat, him, and, they beat him clean, yes. and it doesn't fucking matter. Right. This is the value of, like, how AEW books. It was like, he lost, but, like, we don't think any less of Warlow, right. because, because it's like... he lost the hangman. The dude that put right. every
3: motherfucker away for, like... Thir- or over half the year.
1: Right. And yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a stark difference than having 10 matches and seven th- of them ending in bullshit. Oh, like, you're comparing them to Keith Lee. A-
3: <laughs> yeah. So, so check this out. So now isn't the time that we just gush about Wardlow and the right. handling of Go- Wardlow. Now is the time to give uh hangman the props he deserves for this match because you know, um, we tend to, or at least I tend to, or I think people think that I don't like yeah, that's uh, you. Hangman. Uh, I do not dislike Hangman. I just think that his character comes off wishy-washy. So, uh-huh. um, in the ring, and also I think sometimes like his matches don't, peak at the way, like, at the, like, or just flat out, like, given inexperience or experience or whatever else, like, I don't think he's at the top of the card yet in the way that other people like, you know, the Jerichos, Moxley's, Cody's, um, Omegas are. Like, the point is to get him there. So, um, for him to wrestle a dude that lacks that much experience, even if that dude tends to have good matches with everybody is still an impressive feat. Like he had to open that show. He had to give this dude a lot and had to have his shit no sold. And then he had to work from underneath to eventually get to a spot to put that dude away and have you like enjoy it. And I thought he did a very good job of that. This is one of his better matches in AEW. And that's not to say that he doesn't have good matches. He's had a bunch of good ass matches, even without being handcuffed or babysat by Omega. Like his match with Kazarian was good. His matches with, um, with, Pack of all been good. Like, this ain't, you know, it's not to say no. that, like, Hangman is not, um, a good ass restaurant in his own right, but he tends to peak when he's in certain advantage or, uh, more advantageous situations yeah. where it's not, like, incumbent on him to carry the thing as opposed to, um, right be a part of it, right? Like, he's very similar, or seemingly anyway, he's very similar to, like, Tony Romo in his prime. Like, he can do a lot he can do a lot and he can almost carry it all, carry all of it, but the problem is he gets in trouble when you ask him to carry all of it. So, mm-hmm. um, at least so far, there's like still room, he's still young or whatever else, but like, I thought this was a show and prove match and I believe he proved a whole hell of a lot. Uh, so shout out to both of them. Yeah. This was
1: a fun-ass this match. was like a- it was perfect opener. Like it was a, like, oh my god! Like it, it was just like you, you can see just the template, the structure of the match, yep. what you were expecting out of it, the execution. It was like it was not a five star match, right? No, nor that's nor not what we're be. saying you at all. But like the thing is, it w- it was a perfect match. You know what, like, what it was? <laughs>
3: <laughs> what it was a nine to ten minute third match on the card starter match. That's what it was they beat the crap of each other it was yeah. fast it was quick they did and they didn't there was nothing that was unnecessary it was it was per, almost perfectly efficient professional wrestling and they got in and got out and had a banger in, inside of 10 minutes that tends to be a starting match so shout out to them I really enjoyed the hell out of this match um yeah. like really did really did like I can't I um I wouldn't say this is one of my 10 favorite matches in AEW this year, but like as far as the undercard match or, or whatever else, I feel like this is up there.
1: Yeah. For a so after match that, they had, a, they had a Moxley uh, video promo. He said there's no room for an excuse making Eddie Kingston in AEW. He <laughs> said so AEW is for uh, the best athletes to put in the work, and he's made AEW, the AEW belt the richest prize in sports, and uh, Kingston needs to protect his neck. Yeah. So. Another
3: stand-up double.
1: <laughs> and so then after uh, the Kingston family came out and they highlighted uh, uh, Bunny and QT and their fallout and everything, uh, then Kingston cut a promo in the ring They basically called uh, Mosley a coward for not being here tonight. And he reminded everybody that he never got eliminated from the Battle Royal. And then Side-Out was the joker in that match. And Side-Out tried to steal a spotlight, so he going to basically get even for that. So... Uh, we got Eddie Kingston and Matt l uh, and this was another good match. Yep. Uh, so, like, it, Eddie Kingston surprised me because, like, when it when he first showed up, I was like, oh, okay, this guy's like a two wrestler, but like a ten out of ten promo. Fine. No, this guy's way better than a two. Like, <laughs> like I, right, I massively right, right. insulted that man. Uh, so yeah, I I really dug this. I thought Sydal looked decent. Uh, I th- but Eddie King's the star of the show here. I thought that
3: um he I thought that I liked him enough in this match where I was like, ah, maybe they should have picked somebody else to get, to beat him, but whatever. Uh or or to get beaten by. I, I thought that um the story of the match is pretty it pretty simple and, and straightforward. Like <clears throat> he can't brawl with him. Like he can, he can say, he can stand in the paint with him for a little bit, but not for long in the long run. Um so to, you know, get around that he has to, you know, out wrestle him technically or, you know, outspeed him, and eventually he couldn't last long enough and Moxley or not Moxley, but um kicks ends up putting that choke on him that um
1: Putting uh, the choke that uh Moxley beat
3: him with. the same, the same with. bully choke. Yep, hit him with the same bully choke that ended up um getting him put away by Moxley. Um and he start saying like, you know, this is Moxley. Like he started acting like as if this was Moxley, and you know he's talking to him like he is Moxley, like he's that set on his goal of being this man for the belt.
1: Yeah, man. Um, so after that, we had a, a Bucks and FTR interview that was wildly confusing. We went over it earlier a little bit with Sam, so we can um, you know basically dive a little bit deeper into it. FTR essentially got out of the interview by saying uh, Excalibur was talking to the Bucks it was a good way to show FTR had nothing interesting to say. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep, yep. Uh, Matt Jackson tried his best But I don't think this was one of his banner nights Um, Mm -hmm. Nick was like Hanging out Chilling being Nick Jackson Coolest dude in the room Uh, Aside from that they dropped their stipulation On there and We talked about it earlier but We we, we predicted that They would try to do an interview segment Um, They just should have picked Ross
3: Uh, I don't know if it was the picking thing as much as... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it really came down to, like, they really did not know how to get themselves out of the jam they've gotten themselves into. And then Uh they throw out this dip, and, you know, maybe this was all planned, but it feels like they threw out that step to try to save it and. For me, it does not save it. Uh, it just makes it, it just makes it like, okay, so like, this is the thing that happens at full gear every year. Somebody's going to do challenge for a belt. If they don't win it, they can never challenge for it again. Like, is this a tra- is that a new tradition? Like, is this like, is this their version of- I don't want to say it's hell in a cell, cause obviously, you know, that's not fair, but like, is, is this a, the, the yearly thing? Like, every year we will build towards a few that will lead to someone saying, Last Chance a, yeah, pretty much a last gas chance match every single year. I don't. I'm. I'm joking. I don't really believe that, but eh, whatever. Like, I, I. I just hope the match is good. I'm. I assume match will be good because it's four good ass wrestlers. But you know, uh, FTR was kind of set up as or given how they act or how they um, carry themselves, like. And the people that they admire, they tend to. You would think that like they would want to have Fuse that like help them in the ring when they have their match eventually. And I feel like this build in the last couple weeks has done whatever they have planned or had planned for a match like has done them a disservice. Um, like uh, like I say, it I say, always feels like the ring.
1: they they. I believe it's, they brought something up in the interview um, that made me think that um he he was talking about the internet and all of this stuff like and it was like further demonstrated to me FTR doesn't like understand like the wrestling business again. But um it was I it left a lot to be desired. Yep. So what's next? <laughs> inner circle town hall. So uh this uh so yeah uh so they did a lot of this took a while to get going at first it was just like come on man what the fuck like and of course jericho trying to you know uh do this political stuff like i'm sorry i don't i don't want to see it like i'm tired of the illusions of this shit um however these guys you know did their thing um they had dasha and tony and uh they had uh, basically, Lucia asked some uh, question about the earnings potential for MJF. Then uh, Reba and Britt Baker did uh, a question. Reba faked like she was the woman that you know uh, w- was fawning over Trump a couple weeks ago. Interesting that Jericho would cast himself as That's Trump. What that was yes
3: well first I didn't know that there was some woman that recently fawned over Trump I thought it was more like Jericho is a rock star and she is of a certain age where she would fall I don't say fall prey but would melt for a rock star 80s rock star so therefore like it was you know it was one of those but
1: I did not know a a direct rip off uh, of something that happened at Trump's town hall Uh, I I, I, I just thought that uh, I just thought that uh, is Rebbe right it okay, so it's rep, it's rebel, but Britt calls her Reba.
3: Okay, Reba. Okay, I I, I thought that Rebel wanted to, wanted to fuck Jericho. That's really all. I thought. That's really all I thought. <laughs> but I, I didn't know there was more to it. But now that I know there's more to it, it's like, oh great, he really he's all in on this Jer- on this uh, Trump thing. He really is. Uh. Yeah.
1: Um so uh you know and like he showed an earnings chart he did you know a couple things and then they finally eventually got down to it when they took a shot at cody uh they asked you know uh bridge uh that's the easy, the easy punching bag so um Is uh brit as, as yeah brit i, I would know jerk.
2: <laughs> yeah maybe <all
1: right. laughs>
3: punching, um, punching the shot of cody too
1: it's just somebody throwing me up these lobs you know
3: well, he'd be doing it to himself
1: <laughs> so uh, when Britt asked uh, basically said how could he trust MJF Jericho says he's not a dipshit like Cody and then and that makes all the sense uh, to both of them and if he tries to turn on him he'll knock his teeth down his throat he got serious and MJF said they got into the business for money and championships and together him and the, uh, inner circle was going to make a lot of money and win a lot of gold all of a sudden, Eric Bischoff walks out on TNT again, and I smile because Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff are in the same se- same segment, and I'm just like, my WCW love- loving self just was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> so um, Eric Bischoff was quoting John F. Kennedy and shit, uh, asking questions, and uh, they talked about, you know, B- well, uh, Bischoff called Jerk or prima donna. Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, I think the line was, you know...
3: Uh, Kennedy said, you know, ask not what you can do for your country, ask what you uh ask what you can do for it. So what can you do for inner circle, I think, or what can the inner circle do for you? It yeah. was some shit like that. I think he actually asked both questions, actually. And in MG, I thought right. like Bischoff, after you know, you get the, the goofy questions from Luchasaurus and the goofy question from um Rebel and uh Brit like Bischoff more or less cut like poetically cut the bullshit is like, what do y'all want from each other? like forget right. all this other stuff let's get to the point
1: right um so they initially you know talked about they had similar traits and they'll get along without destroying each other uh they both want each other to answer the questions and you know jericho said that mjf hasn't beaten them and then from that moment you knew it was on there was a match coming and it was happening soon uh i didn't expect this um it, it was like just like a Kind of out of nowhere, he said he's gonna give MJF a shot to beat him at full gear. If he wins, he's in. Um from there, Ortiz was like, Hey man, uh, you know, me and Sammy are out on you. Even if you win, you'll never be one of us. Um and then Santana somewhere in the middle. And then they announced next week Ortiz and, and uh Sammy against Warlow and MJF. Hmm, another spot for Warlow to throw Sammy Guevara around. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, I I loved where it ended up. It's so interesting. It's so compelling. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, inner Inter Circle about to have a new leader? Right.
3: I also like the line. Uh, the Jericho stole the Batista line, but you haven't beaten me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I feel like you know, eventually one of these two are going to turn babyface off of this. I don't know who, but it seems like it. Unless I'm a say, because like they're doing the, fu- they're just showing that like you know there's more to them than just being a dick, and you can if they could stop being a dick for long enough, you could actually really like these two. That's how I kind of feel as far as um, you know what they've done over the last few weeks.
1: Hmm. Uh, I I think the the smart thing would be turn Jericho babyface at this point. Everybody still loves Judas. Right. Um, right. kind of gives him, it, it basically recasts him. Uh, and he can eventually be somebody that Kenny beats at that point, getting that win back, and then <sighs> eventually going through. Yeah, because it is coming. Um, but it it casts him in a different light, gives MJF essentially the inner circle and repl- kind of replaces Jericho like it's The Wire or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it sets Jericho up to eventually, you know, he's got that three-year contract. Who knows how long Jericho's going to be around. So right. um, if you're looking at it, you know, based on the time, that'd be like half the time he was spent as a face, or excuse me, as a heel. And then you know he does his face run where he fights all the you know the heels that you want to start building up. So um, after that, Team Taz video played. They're still uh, we're trying to recruit Will Hobbs. Uh, whether see whether he wants to join them, and Taz uh, looking like he's very annoyed that he has not got an answer yet. Uh, after yeah, that, well, who, a- you you tell me who would want to be with.
3: Ricky Starks in the machine. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> like, like,
1: Yo, just, just,
3: all, just all the tri-state. Just all the tri-state.
1: Just all the attitude. Um, so after that, we got Cody and Orange Cassidy in the Lumberjack match. This was all over the place. Um, it was okay. Some of the stuff they did was, of course, wacky finish. Um, kind of just, like, you know, gets Orange Cass- Cassidy, pushes him to the side. Uh Cody, you know, the baby lumberjacks were all arguing with each other because one of them, you know, some of them were down with Orange Cassidy, some of them were down with Cody. Heels were there to cause confusion, essentially, and, and feast.
3: Were there but, any um, Heels that weren't dark yeah. order? Yes. Okay, I seem to not remember any of them. Yeah, um... I thought their wrestling and work in the ring was very good. Is just, I just did not like most of the interactions with the lumberjacks. Once somebody got pulled out, like, like they they went outside the ring. Like maybe it felt like ha- almost five times before they anybody put hands on them for getting out the ring. And it's like that's not the purpose of or <sighs> whatever. It's just like. Why are y'all just letting this shit slide? Throw the ass back in the ring. I don't even say necessarily they need to beat them up every time they come out, but like after the third time, it's like what What are these guys even here for? And then ultimately, when they come back for <laughs> the break, the first time you, you, see, you see you you they come back, it's like somebody got there got stomped down and thrown back into the ring, and then is like led into you know the brawl, you know the the factions of babyface lumberjacks and hill you know, lumberjacks brawling is like oh so they weren't here, actually here to. um to actually like you know, interact with the wrestlers in the ring, which is why they're here. Is actually just to you know basically bring the barricades the, the blows, and it's like right. all right, and then you get the spot where the um, the superplex um, onto the crowd, which you know we've seen that before. Actually, we saw that from the first good lumberjack match that ever existed between uh, Ambrose and and um so, and Rollins. So it's like okay, yeah. um, but yeah, just uh the Arne Anderson thing. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know. I don't know. More goofy shit. So, um. but like, it's the thing. Was like, if they if they had just had a match, it would have been better than the lumberjack thing. And I don't know how much to put on the coat on Cody or Orange Cassidy. That like, this is kind of lame. Like the wrestling was good though. The wrestling they did was good.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, Up next, we had um, Darby Allen was watching like Sting, so uh, a dude on TNT (laughs) with his face painted, sitting in the rafters, looking down on Chaos. Where have I seen this before? Um, So, uh, after that, uh, they had Kip and Miro backstage. They basically offered him presents and said they were sorry for overreacting. Penelope before was dressed as Orange Cassidy. Um,
0: And And then
1: after that, yeah for Halloween it was a ruse and then uh, Miro and Sabian attacked best friends and Miro said he will never forgive the best friends but this was just another in the line of these segments where I'm just like alright I hope they didn't pay big 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 money to Miro it was there um, it existed not bad not good just don't care Yeah. Um, I wonder if that gets added on at the last minute or if that's a match that's like, uh, Hey man, they gotta have some for these after? shows. Yeah. They gotta have some Do for that on. in the future. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That Do that the week after. Right. So after that, we had uh NWA, uh, win women's world championship match, Serena Deeb against Layla Hirsch. Serena Deeb cut an inset promo, uh, said the belt represents legacy, tradition, and respect. She's changed the game and she's going to show you why you should respect her. And this was just like as wooden as a uh, two by four uh, carried by Hexaw Jim Duggan. Could please tell me that was the first They they want to take
3: that. Please tell me that was not multiple tries. You never know if that was multiple tries. Um, Yikes. Um. Is one of those situations where when you read it off and you are like, what she said wasn't wasn't even wasn't bad. It was just fine. It was cool, um, but the delivery was just.
1: Well, I am not see, the it, one that said it. It was it, her,
3: right? <laughs> it was. It was like right. Like it was like she was. Li- she was trying to find the lines, and like, luckily, like it didn't get bad up to where you're like cut. Do it again. It was just. It just kept going. And <laughs> so I don't know. Um, whatever. Like you know, she is not there for the talkie talk. She is there for the walkie walk and Serena Deeb in this match with Layla Hearst. I feel like this is the best I've ever seen her to be quite honest with you.
1: Yeah. Uh, she felt like the clear star of this and somebody you should be building around um, in, in there kind of in a way that she felt like a clear star earlier this year. Um, if it's me, uh, I'm thinking about eventually getting her, her, uh, Serena and Britt together eventually, uh, or Sheeta and, and Serena together. Uh, Serena's going to be your glue, I think, to bounce the champion off of because Serena can say Nyla wins, she can face Nyla. If Sheeta wins, she can get that shit, you know, or be a challenger for Britt. Um, she just feels like the... Like, in a well-working women's division. Uh, she would just be your ultimate battle weapon that you can plug her in there on both sides of the coin.
3: Yeah. Yeah. She'd be someone out. You, pos- you could see positioning as a gatekeeper. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, um,
1: what do you think of this I, match? I
3: thought it was a good match. Um, I'm, uh, quite honestly, like given where, where last time I saw Layla Hirsch at the end of her run at stardom before, you know, she had to wrap things up, um, because of COVID and head back over here. Um, I had looked at her, um, cage matches. saw that She only wrestled like a ha- barely even a handful of matches since. So I was wondering if there was going to be a rust thing and, nah, uh, she's about as good as she was when she had the, at the end of her stardom tour. um, You know, um, the height was jarring after seeing her, after, you know, watching her. After watching, especially after, because, you know, I watched um, her dark match with uh, with Sheeta right before Dynamite started. So um, it was jarring to go from watching her wrestle in stardom where, like, the average height is like five foot two. And she she's like four nine four ten, so it doesn't really matter. To all of a sudden, she's in the ring with Sheeta, who's like five 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 six. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot she's short. She's really short. She's strong. As like fuck. She's like Muggsy. She, she's strong as fuck, right? But she but she's short. And then like, she's but hey, a, when you're that short, you gotta be strong. I I, I you I'd imagine so. Like dude, like so. Um, all you doing is getting tried, James,
1: <laughs> for, for your whole life. You getting tried. <laughs>
3: So she's the five day, running back. She's the five well, down running one back. One
1: day, yes. One day Layla Hurst was like, I'm sick of this shit. I'm going to the gym and I'm, and I'm developing but- these tree trunks.
3: Yeah, she yeah, she definitely has tree trunks. Um so yeah, um it was a really good match. Or not really good. It was a it was a good match. Like, because it's so been so long, I can't remember the stuff. But like, I mean, there was her sp- her typical spots that I see in her. I've seen in her match with you know, um, a t- uh, the moon salt. They, they uh, she actually modified the moon She's not doing the triple jump moonsault. She's not doing regular moonsault. Serena got out the yep. way of that. Um, there was also the, um,
1: hey a the- moonsault that she would not fuck up on national television. I think that was maybe what
3: it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's and then you know she also gave her the big the big running knee she has. Like she's she's a good wrestler, um. She's just you know inexperienced in. She was in there with somebody that you know has more experience than her, and I, I thought they had a good match. I don't know what this means for her in the future, but I would like to see her in AEW or you know be a person that gets you know in does AEW dates while also, you know, working on her craft elsewhere. Um. Mm-hmm. We'll see when we'll stuff opens back up, whenever that is, but, like, you give her, you know. Her, I think I want to say her last, you know, year and a half, two years, like, she's been getting a good amount of dates, but, like, I just want to see where that is, like, you know, a, two years from now, like, where she'll be, because, like, she could be a really good wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know, 4-9, um, might be a, 4-9 might be a problem, 4-10 might be a problem, but we'll see.
1: You know, wh- when did she get to fight Riho? That's, that's what I want to know. I, I want to see the Halls match. You know, only her and Reho.
3: I think they've, I'm sure they've we'll interacted
1: have, in stardom. I'm sure they've interacted will in have. So, will Layla Hirsch have the big woman offense, or will Reho have the big woman offense because of the height?
3: Oh, it'll definitely, because remember, Reho's like 5' or 4'11". So, um, she's oh. taller, but she is so much, like, she's real thin. Like, she, she wrestles like Azumi, or she wrestles um, Starlight Kid. Like, she's real thin to them. Like, they're all the same yeah. height, but, like, she's real thin. So, nah, she, there, there will be no big man Riho offense unless she she is wrestling. I don't know. <laughs> like, Riho might be 80 pounds for all we know.
1: I guess we'll have to wait until she fights Marco Stunt. Oh, God. So, uh, they made Nyla and Sheeta official after. Nyla said, or Sheeta said, you want me? I want you to have full gear. That's the build. Um the whole
3: build and nothing <laughs> but the build.
1: Yep. Uh, then Sean Spears squashed VSK with a one move, and uh, there was a dude that was throwing candy at him, and there was a bull. <laughs> bull got in the ring, unmasked, it was Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky hit a TKO on him, uh, and that turned out to be a setup for their match next week. Uh this was uh I, I found this in- enjoyable because I, I don't know, man. I like Sean Spears like being this heel that gets thwarted. You know, they've <laughs> built him up all year and he's had he has like a fourteen and or fifteen and two record, right? You'd never know, right? But the thing is like this guy's like uh he, this man thinks he's great. So he's been fucking with Scorpio Sky and Scorpio just uh, you know, gets one up on him and they're set to go next week so what would you think of this angle
3: um I'm, I'm fine with it like uh I, I I had more jokes than like real insight or, or thoughts on it but like it was fine as a as a as a thing in itself yeah uh Jericho wrote this angle C- maybe Jericho did write this angle yeah it broke up but yeah you said
1: Jericho yeah, wrote no. this angle
3: um uh, maybe maybe <laughs> You know,
1: when is, how many I'm times have I seen think, Jericho in a mask? Oh, or yeah. somebody in a mask around Jericho in the crowd or something like right. that.
3: But normally it's Jericho just getting the, the jump on somebody as opposed to like the, the added part where like someone, you know, this person had the ma- had the stuff and then enticed this person and then, you know, th- got them at the end. Normally it's just, right. you know, oh, Oh, another Pentagon that clearly is Chris Jericho. Like, like when did Chris Jericho get that tall, or when did Pentagon get that tall in the last, you know, in thirty seconds? The last time I saw him,
1: right. Um, and then after that, we had uh, you know announcements: uh, with, uh, Miro and Trent next week, uh, Spears and Sky, uh, and then they announced Cody in the Gun Club versus Colt Cabana, Ten and John Silver, and Jericho's on commentary. For the go home, and then after that, we got our main event: Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Junior. And boy, I gotta say, James, I really love this. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking shock! I know, right? <laughs> a match comparable that are all in match, uh, and that the all in had you know the benefit of one of the hottest crowds in the history of professional wrestling um this one had you know rather limited crowd but perfectly executed main event um you know i, I believe i think dave gave it four and a half i'm like between four and a half and 4.75 i i said i would give him the cowards rating on this but uh you know you you got from the beginning kenny comes out with the triple a belt underneath the shirt i knew there was a belt under there the whole time uh to rub it in phoenix's face who's injured was supposed to fight him and say yeah i beat you for this uh, and from there the match just slowly built and it felt kind of like a um felt like a new japan match a little bit uh so it's just slowly built until so they were doing crazy shit at the end and at the end one wing angel um
3: i ended up giving it at the time i was kind of where you were um and then I, I went through looking at stuff and I was like, uh, my previous ratings for like the G1 and like Mayu Takumi, and I was like, alright, it's four and a half. Um, I, I think the thing ultimately that got me was not to say that this is a bad thing, but the second they ate it out on the, the parallel ramp on the... Uh, mm-hmm. And I saw... <sighs> I saw a Pentagon go up to the rope and face, I was like... Oh my God! He's going to do a fucking Panama sunrise on this ramp. Yeah, and sure enough, they did. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, okay. So like, I'm. I didn't get shocked by the fact that they did it, but it was like, I can't believe these idiots are doing this. (laughs) And also, another part that should be considered. Um, in similar situation to the, uh, package power driver on the ramp that, um, Christopher Daniels ended up catching. That was a shoot pal driver. I think yes. that was a shoot, uh, Canadian destroyer on that fucking, uh, thing. I feel like Kenny's head actually hit con, actually hit wood. Um, so there's that as well. Um, yeah, yeah it, it was a great match. It really is. Um, that's probably gonna be my top 10 favorite, uh, AEW matches of the year. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it's there. It was just, just excellent, and then I looked at it, and I went and looked through Pentagon's um, cage match, and I was like, "Wow, that's his." That was like his second match, like on, uh, like in this um, or third match in this entire cycle between had reviews. Like, mm-hmm. this dude had to go out here and unleash two of the best matches of the year in this, com- uh, this promotion to, to get some fucking looks. Like, so hopefully there'll be more than three matches in the next cycle. He's not even on pay-per-view, but, you know, whatever, you know, baby yeah. steps, I guess.
1: Tough business. Yeah, know? real, real tough business. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know what y'all want want me to say. I mean, you know, this is this is what Kenny Omega does. Uh this is this you know, this this light work, this is easy, you know. <laughs> so um besides that, that was a show. Uh then, you know, we got Kenny and Heyman, full gear. We already did that preview earlier.
3: Yeah. Um give me a second. I did not have notes for NXT, but I can pull some up if you just bear with me.
1: So NXT hosted by Uh Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi Blackheart's Halloween Havoc. I I still feel they should have gone with that.
3: <laughs> I mean, it kind of was like they did th- either three or four different things where she was almost like hosting, like it was an award show where she shows up in a different outfit. Um, like and all of them, were, all of them were skin tight or some of them were like pleather, pleathery. Mm-hmm. um, real um, real.
1: <sighs> look, they got the look.
3: It it, it it was real dungeon sex like that's what he, <laughs> these were appropriate for the for the dungeon sex uh but yeah so um she welcomes us in in, in you know ha, ha, ha and all that stuff and then uh we end up getting the north american title match between uh jamie priest and johnny gargano um they uh they basically do it basically um, Russell inside the ring. Then um, I don't know what is with Damian Priest, but he, it seems like in every big match he has to pull out the bottom step and he does a bump off the bottom steps. I, I, was, I would absolutely, hope that he. I hope that he stops. Every... I hope that he stops. Like there's there, there's not gonna be a good uh, what do they call it um, standard 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 of living in the future. You keep doing that shit um, in the future, twenty years from now. Um, but they did, they did a, um, he did a, uh, he ended up catching Johnny, uh, outside the ring. He ends up pulling up the top step, throwing to the side, and he's going to give him some move, uh, onto the bottom step. But Johnny turns into a sliced bread and he, he takes a back up on the, on the top, on the bottom steps. So then, um, Johnny takes him towards the announce table that I was talking, that we were talking about last week that's dangerously, imperatively close to the ring. And, mm-hmm. um, Johnny is trying to give him some type of lift onto the uh, table, but Priest ends in reverse to get into like a modified standing broken arrow onto the table. Like he doesn't fall, he doesn't do the sit out. He just throws him on there. Um, mm-hmm. So they end up brawling behind the barricade, behind the barricade, the ringside area, and end up towards the back. And the back is all gimmicked up with spooky stuff. Um, spooky Halloween themed stuff like there is a stand that uh, from where like the wheel the spinning wheel is and where um, and it's on a platform
2: mm-hmm. um,
3: similar to the old platform, uh, but it's over but it's over this area and there's a bunch of like gravestone looking stuff and like um, other stuff they put together so they basically brawl up to the top. And then all of a sudden, there's a dude with a ghost face screen mask on. Somebody. Mm-hmm. It's probably Indy Hartwell, but you can't tell who it is. They haven't announced who it is yet. And they interfere in the match when Johnny was looks like he's about to be done with. So um, Johnny then, after getting the advantage from this, uh, this third person, does a uh, tornado DDT where he jumps off of the spinning wheel um, onto the top of the platform and, and nails priest. So, like I said, they're up on a platform and the, on the other side of it, as you see them, as you saw them brought up, you saw like a, a fake like small house, like eight feet tall. And you were like, Oh, somebody's going off the top of that. Someone's going to fall onto that. And that's a crash pad or whatever you, a, 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 effectively a crash pad. So, uh-huh. um, all of a sudden the third person in the ghost face mask, Goes away, comes back with a tombstone. You know what it made me think of? Remember that Vampiro and Sting match where uh, one of them finished the match by hitting the other one with a tombstone and broke and crumbled into pieces? That's what I don't remember this, but I, oh. I've heard about it. Okay, so Johnny grabs a tombstone. Boshes it off Bosh not bash it boshes over priest's head priest goes flying into the into that makeshift uh thing we were talking about the makeshift building that's eight feet tall and uh. keep in mind commentary kept putting over this, this platform is 15, 20 feet tall. I'm like, bruh, it's barely yeah. ten. Stop this. Stop so uh Johnny basically goes down around and comes around to the side after they replayed the fall a couple times and crawls over and pins um, Priest, uh, and he is a two-time North American champion. Um, Johnny winning. I I believe that this means, this Liverpool means they don't think, uh, I think they're going to have to strip Finn Balor. Hmm. And they're going to make Priest the champion.
1: Interesting. Maybe
3: I'm overthinking or, it, because, you know, I do that a lot, but or there was no real reason to... There's
1: a, a call-up. Uh,
3: could be. Could be. Um, But it's like, how many motherfuckers... How, how bad are your communication where, like, I know it's bad already, but, like, <laughs> how bad, like, for the, you know, the priest... The priest... Or not named priest, but the uh, Keith Lee thing just happened, where you belted him... And then you had to take the belt off him within a month so you can call him up. And then Boy. Right. And then you made the Brosawa thing. And then like you had to pull Riddle so that you could do nothing with him. And then like now you're gonna pull Damien Priest so you could do presumably nothing with him as well. Like, Jesus. Like he's he's blowing through these people in record time now. Um But yeah, uh after that we end up getting <laughs> <laughs> McAfee goon coming down McAfee goon yeah McAfee goon hey, comes-
1: McAfee will be the new champion do you want me to shut this shit down
3: is that what you're doing <laughs> are you, are you, are you, is that what you're doing <laughs> Oh my God! Hey, so you Mag-
1: already won the best promos in the company.
3: Yeah, good thing this isn't the you know the 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 working uh, <laughs> promotion or brand. So the work rate brand. So yeah, uh, he comes out with uh, <laughs> with Lorcan, who is dressed in a suit, which is like you know you turn heel, you get paid. Of course, you come out a suit, and then it <laughs> this is very true to self of IP and really fitting of a character. Uh, <laughs> Birch came out, and the way he dressed up was he had a, I believe a a black turtleneck and a black zip up uh, jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so, like That's this was like this man looked like Jason Statham, like he really <laughs> did. So, um, this guy, um, Mac, because a great promo. I can't remember most of it, but it uh, basically is like. It, it plays off the stuff that I thought it was going to play off of. Like, remember last week, I was like, he's the one that paid for that Mercedes and able to get um, yeah. Rich Holland to lay out Adam Cole. He says, I, you know, I had the, I had what people said the greatest. And you know how hard it is for the internet? These internet idiots, these buffoons. He's like, they all said it was the greatest debut in in the history of wrestling. I was I fucking howled. I was like, "What? No one said this. They just said you had a good ass match." I was like, I'm like, "This dude, this nigga, the level, this man started out with the peak line."
1: Yes. So, Where else is there to go? So, elite
3: cap. Yeah. He says, you know, hardest for these internet idiots to agree on anything. The IWC said that, that, that this is the greatest ever, and he says, you know, and you, you know what happens after this, after that match? Like Adam Cole, he doesn't he doesn't come to me and say, you know, good good match, guy. You know, you're going to be the future of this business. He flexed with me and hit a stupid pose. So he made, so so he said so I you know so I go home and I and I'm going to heal up and I'm going to just plot. And it made me think of, it made me think of like, who could I call to get, to get to this asshole? So he says, he looks around, and he calls Ridge Holland and he says, uh, what do you, what do you want for, you know, for you to put a hit on this dude? And he's like, I don't want money. I want a car. I was like, fine, I'll get you that car. And he's like, and that, and that Mercedes was delivered. And you, and you saw, and you saw the stupid, fa- all these, all you stupid faces. I said, who did this Adam Cole? Who did it? It was me. <laughs> So then, so then So then he
1: says
3: well it. So I'm so I got everything set and then um and I'm and I'm and I'm playing C's, you know, he's like I'm steps ahead. I'm playing chess you guys are playing checkers. So ahead, says, right, McAfee. Right. So then so then he ends up saying like and then my my pr- I end up getting a uh, a monkey wrist thrown at me. A week later Couple days later, after my plan is unfolding, my guy breaks his leg into a thousand no into seven million pieces or seven thousand pieces. He said he said a number like seven and a thousand or million and it sounded hilarious. Like his leg shot into a like not hyperbole. It shot into a thousand pieces like like it's a jigsaw puzzle. So he said so, and then I say to myself, you know what? You know what I'm gonna do. I had a guy. I'm gonna go get the guys that broke that guy's leg. That's, what <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> this sounds so '80s. So, so I, so I, uh, you know, I reached out to Lorcan and Birch, and I, I said, "What do y'all want? Money?" He's like, "We don't want anything. We don't want anything from us." So they had their number one contendership match, and they lost again. And then they reached back out to me and said, "You know what? We want those belts." So then I started planning you know, he, he more or less starts, you know, talk about smarty he is and smart and the
1: mastermind.
0: This. Right,
3: right, right. So you know. he talks about how it all set up, you know, he got all these dudes hurt he, he he got them dudes laying them other guys out. They surrendered the title shot to him. They you know, he helped them win the belts and got them the belts got them the thing that they wanted, so now they're in on um Goon. So then um he was about to he was about to say something else. He ended up getting cut off by O'Reilly coming out and he walks to the ring like he's going to take it, take out, he's going to take those three on, three on one. All of a sudden, Pete Dunne's music hits. Pete mm-hmm. Dunne walks to the ring, walks down to the ring with two uh, chairs. Keep in mind, we have not seen him on NXT since uh, the pandemic because of, you know, the Brosway thing got, got cut off and he got called up. So he comes out to the ring and stares a hole through McAfee the whole entire time staring straight at him, climbing up, walking down the ramp, up the stairs. He never, he never breaks glance from Mac, from the guys inside the ring. So he gets up on the apron on the side, uh, next to, uh, next to O'Reilly. And while never, still never breaking glance, hands one of the chairs or st- sticks one of the chairs over to O'Reilly. Like here, take this. From, you know, two on it's two on three, but we got chairs. They get yep. in the ring. Um, and I'm thinking, like, somebody's turning heel here. We're, we're, let's see. Let's see who turns heel. The second old Roddy took a step forward, I was like, no! They're turning Pete on heel! Immediately. yeah, he, he, he busts up that man's miss- back. He busted that man's back. They stomped the dog shit out of O'Reilly and beat him with chairs. And um, now you have uh, 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 this faction, and it a great point with this. McAfee goon consists of Dunn, Rich Holland, and Lorkin and Birch. This man basically mm-hmm. is out here with an NXT UK gang.
1: Yes. The man, the man, rolling out here with the British.
3: Yeah. So, and for me, and so for me, the one thing that like I like about this is that it's th- it character wise, it makes all the sense in the world. Pete Dunn has always been a tw- he's a baby face and fights like a hero, but he's never been above you know stretching the rule here and there. Much like Moxley, where it's like I he like he'll respect people for that will cut corners, but he, he welcomes all that bullshit because he's with the smoke too. But Particularly when he came out, I was very similar to when um, the NWA came out to save Sting during WrestleMania 31. I was like, "This makes no mm-hmm. sense. Y'all hate. Y'all hate each other. All we know is y'all hate each other." In NXT, he was fighting against Undisputed Era at in at, uh, in, in I think it was New Orleans,
1: New Orleans, New Orleans, yeah. until
3: Roddy turned on him and joined Undisputed. He should hate these fuckers. And sure enough, he still does hate those fuckers. So I'm I'm with it. I'm like good. As long as, uh, long as look, as long as it's consistent, I'm I'm with it. So um so we have they've
1: got their new heel gang to replace Undisputed Era. They've always got a fa- faction or they got two factions heel factions now, right? They got Leonardo and, Del Fantasma. Uh, yep. So uh Los Anger novel is Dave McAfee, You McAfee. Know. Oh my god. Oh, you know, no. I, you know, oh, uh, or McAfee God. Club, you know, whatever they calling them themselves. Oh my um, God! Yeah, so like, the you know, Pete Pete Dunn could have been a hot baby face. Nah, fuck that. We 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 need some. Uh, we need more heels f- nah, for nah, you. Nah, nah, uh, nah, Uncle nah. Paul got it covered.
3: Here's the real thing. Here's the real thing, right? They they broke up, Brozer weights. One dude's been exposed as a rapist, and the other one's the one that turns heel. Incredible, I yeah. So, so for me, uh, what else is I gonna say? Another thing to notice, right? Lorcan and Birch and Pete Dunn are there to do all the work <laughs> and, to, and to carry. And to carry McAfee by the neck on how to get this shit done in the ring until he's ready. And perfect, I look perfect. I gotta say, after watching uh, you know, I'm oh, um, sorry, uh Donadel Mondo this year with Julia, I could tell you, there's a great path to success with this. I just saw Julia have a four star match today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so like um, you
1: got your tag team unit, you got your main inventor and Pete Dunn. Look, they could easily you, I know you said Damian Priest, right? But they could easily just get that shit to Pete Dunne.
3: I shit, I'd be happy with that. Another
1: another thing that was also kind of like, damn, they turned Pete Dunne. Hill
3: was like, you know, I've been I've been angling to get this Pete Dunne Johnny Gargano match off the off the ground for like years. I don't know why they haven't heard. I, I don't know why they haven't like, you know, returned my 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 texts and my tweets and my replies and you know, and my and my touts. But <laughs> but I would like I would like to get that match on a takeover, please, at some point. And y'all keep. Y'all keep missing the top, Y'all keep missing the window, and now he's now they're both heels. Damn, I ain't gonna never get this yeah. match.
1: <sighs> All right. Well, if you want to see them fight, they did fight on the pre-show. Of, I'm not. No, no, no.
3: I'm not. Uh, that show didn't make. What show it was? That I know what you're talking about. That was um the first War Games. Yeah. That first War Games. It I don't think in, it that, was in
1: Houston. Whatever. I don't it think was. that
3: made tape.
1: No, it did. I watched it.
3: Oh, okay. All right, it's still not the same yeah. thing. It's one of them pre-show deals. Um, so then we end up getting Cameron Grimes backstage, and he's scared. A
1: uh, hey man not on the moon.
3: Yeah, he's scared. He keeps saying, "Mr. M- Mr. Regal, are you are you sure you you really want me to be in this match?" Uh, I mean, like, you know, this is a wrestling promotion, or I think he's a wrestling brand. Like, I can just go in the ring and wrestle. I can do that for you real good. Uh, Mr. He didn't do all that, but I can, could, I could do, he, he's like, I can, you know, I, 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 want to do, I want to do anything but get transported to this stupid fucking match. Look, he knew it was also too bull, he knew that was also bullshit. So, Regal's just like, you know, after, you know, this is, they have a very similar relationship to like JJ Dillon and, and Young Jericho and WCW where like, this dude is always annoying to shy this man. So it's like, nah, bruh, take your ass on, get transported and take your whooping. I, I fucking hate you. So like, I don't know why you asking for, (laughs) for, for, asking me to help you. You've been nothing but a problem for me. I want this problem to be solved. Go out there and get solved problem. So, um, I'm just going to do this all in one walk because I'm not going to go back and forth on because it was cut up in segments. It was that and then it was a segment where he finally gets into the van and then there's a segment where he finally gets out of the van and then there's a segment where he runs from uh, from the house back to fucking full cell and then he ends up finishing the match there. So I'm just going to go through that all right now. Okay. Okay. He gets shoved out the door by Regal the van pulls up, it is a windowless, it is a windowless van, um, there's some random dude, it looks like, I don't know, it looks like a dude that works at an office that decided to take the weekend off to go on a bender, uh, Sitting in, 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 and he's dusty for some reason, like he may be a ghoul, I don't know, he's sitting shotgun, the windowless van back door opens, up. side door opens up, and out comes Michael Hayes, he's dressed in or uh, Michael pre- Hayes gag. He's dressed in Yeah. He's dressed in creamsicle orange and it's shiny for no reason. He starts singing the words to uh Bad Street. He cuts his promo. I can't hear over the I can't hear over the song of Bad Street. And then um he walks off into nowhere. We never see him again. He just walks away after he's talks to uh Grimes for a little bit. And then Grimes gets in the van and then they they cut away. And then when they come back, they cut to him getting out of this van into this house that's on the water. Um, and as he walks up, he's scared, but he's trying to fake be tough. He's like, "Come on, like come on out, uh, come on out, Loomis. I got some for you." While well, he's scared, and as he's <laughs> walking into the house, and he walks by a tree, you see at the top of the tree, Loomis is crouched on the tree stalking his prey. So
2: what the fuck
3: he Grimes walks in um, into the house. He's looking around for him. And then as he's looking around for him, he keeps getting distracted by weird, weird things and lights or whatever else. He walks by a door the door opens behind him. He doesn't realize he doesn't see the door that has a light in inside that room. He doesn't see the light behind him. He opens the door, it's Loomis. Um Loomis tries to choke him. They wrestle around and tussle around. He tries to strike him and Loomis is no selling. Um and then eventually support so himself, like, I gotta get the fuck away from this guy. Um Actually, before this happened, he went into a room, and then Loomis walked to a dark room behind him and started fighting. Keep in mind, like it's dark, it's poorly lit; you can't see shit, right? Or you or you can see shit barely, right? This is a but this is a match that most people say they can't see shit. So, Loomis gets over Loomis overpowers him, and he's like, "I gotta get away from this fucking guy." So he gets some separation. He uh, gets out of the room and closes the door. So he's trying to keep Loomis trapped in the door or tra- mm-hmm. trapped in the room by basically closing, using his weight to keep the door closed. Right. Which is like, all right, you're going to do that for the rest of your life. What the fuck? So, um, all of a sudden, uh, he feels that he's not, there's no longer a struggle for the door. Next thing you know, you see someone kick the door and now there's another kick and the door. Like gets kicked in or kicked out actually. So he sees the door getting kicked out. He runs into another room to hide um, in terms of being a, a bathroom. So then he realizes there's someone in the shower. So then all of a sudden you see a, a the a silhouette of a woman in the shower and he goes, uh, after being scared and is hiding behind the door, like, like he, like he's a kid trying to get his ass whooped or avoid injury in his ass whooped. Uh, that brings back memories. Um, he, 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 goes from I'm scared mode to now I'm horny mode. And this man goes, Oh, are you Loomis's sister? And he goes, he starts making some in the window while this woman's not making any noise while she's in the shower and he go, he takes off his vest. He might, you know, he's still in, you know, jeans, the top hat and the, and the, and just a vest with nothing underneath it. And he go, he takes off his clothes. He takes off the, the vest and he's like, I might need a shower. It's time, you know, I feel a little, sometimes I feel a little grimy, or he says it's time to get grimy, some line like that. Like, he, he may lose you to grimy and sex, Rich. That's what he did. He absolutely did this. So, he opens, so he goes to get into the shower, and it's a fucking zombie that was taking a shower bathing, Rich. What the fuck? He, she grabs him or jumps on top of him, and he runs out of the bathroom. Um, and once he gets her, and, um, once he gets her off of him, there's more zombies. He ends up running out of the house and he runs back towards the van. And when he runs back towards the van, guess who's the driver, Rich?
1: Um, who could the driver be? Dexter Loomis. Oh, because Dexter Dexter Loomis 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 hasn't been
3: seen in 30 seconds. So gotcha. he gets out the van, he starts he where takes to, off to
1: Cameron Grimes.
3: <laughs> God damn it. So he takes off running up he takes off running. We don't know where he's at. They cut they say to be continued. They show a cutaway of him like enduring a transition to between segments of him running up this, in the middle of the road somewhere. And then by the time they cut back to the f- finale, he they, they're they they are to expect us to believe that he ran from wherever the van took him all the way back to fucking uh, the PC. He gets into the PC. Um, like I said, there's a bunch of spooky Halloween stuff all around the ring, including a, <laughs> a pretend graveyard. He keeps, as he runs to the building, he runs um, out of gas and falls on the grass of this graveyard. He, he, he pass he falls down and he's breathing for, you know, catching his breath. And then he looks around and realize these are tombstones. He's amongst, he gets up and he goes to the ring and, Spooked. And by the time he gets to the ring, guess who is uh, entered from the other side of the ring amongst crack smoke rich? That's right, Dexter Loomis. There's some other stuff that happens. He, uh, oh, there's more. The zombies have shown up. Uh, great, or, uh, I'm going to say graves. Grimes gives one of the zombies a curb stomp. But ultimately, Loomis ends up slapping on his front face choke and I don't know if there a submission or whatever else but basically like Loomis walks out the ring and then over the over the front of his face as he walks out the ring goes up halfway up the ramp it stops and then it is in blood letters it says the end that was the House of horrors match that sounded so pointless correct I felt bad for crimes <laughs> I felt bad for Loomis. I felt bad for the production team. I felt bad for NXT. I felt bad for me. <laughs> like I, I, I should, should not. This the, the these segments were the only bad segments on Wednesday on either show. So wow, yeah. Um, I don't even know where I am on that. Um, but yeah, th- this is a worst match of the year contender. Uh, in my opinion, right. um, there are people that actually do like this match. Like I believe it has like a six something right. on on a cage match, which I just I don't want to meet those people that voted for that. But
1: like people do, you, people you can did find like anybody it. that likes that like you can find somebody that likes some like anything in wrestling.
3: right, right. But my point is most people like it, which is like
1: uh, okay, fine. I like yeah. I saw I, I saw like a like a still picture of like him running into like the Yeti. Uh, and they were that wasn't Grimes like
3: that wasn't Grimes that was uh okay. that was a backstage thing with um Drake Maverick that wasn't Grimes um yeah.
1: that's kind of funny yeah
3: it, this that segment actually or that thing with Grimes in um in the Yeti in the Giant was actually funny um but it was intentional but it worked so so basically they up, I don't know what order this is I'm jumping kind of around the place now that I've jumped through the all of the segments that put that shit together so I to have to talk about it again. But there was a segment yeah. backstage where um they were interviewing um they were interviewing Drake Maverick who was dressed as Hollywood Hogan. He kept doing a brother 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 you know, I'm sure I'm sure Sean told him how to do all the brother stuff. So That's for me. Uh the interviewer, I can't remember her name, just like her she's been around for a month. I still don't know her name. Um they brought her they she was like he was calling her Mean Jean and she was like, but I'm my name. I can't remember my name here and she's like, can you just can you just come on? Can you just like play along? It's Halloween. Come on. She goes, she goes, fine. <laughs> so he goes, does all the shit. And all of a sudden, like some gigantic, you know, I don't know how gigantic is, you know, uh, Drake Maverick is small, but this person's probably like six yeah. foot six, walks up and he's dressed as the giant. And he goes, you, right? He does the you thing. And all of a sudden, behind him comes the Yeti. And then they do the Dungeon of Doom shit, the, the, the hug. And then all of a sudden, Behind a wall, behind a curtain, you see D- <laughs> Killian Dane in a vest with no shirt on and a star- and a bedazzled stormtrooper's helmet, dressed as uh, the oh my god ah uh, uh, my god who was your boy's name that fell tripped when he had the um, the, the man and the helmet fell off WCW Sting uh, Sting British Bulldog and Harlem Heat Rich.
1: Uh, Stingberg's on Harley, the Shockmaster.
3: Yeah, the Shockmaster. He's supposed to be the shock master, and he's like, you didn't fall, you didn't trip. He's like, no, nah, I'm not doing that stupid, not falling. So then he ends up taking the mask off of Killian Dane and putting it on his head and then he walks away and he trips and falls and he's like, huh, you're right, that, tripping is funny. And that was that was the end of that segment. But, um, from there, just move around a little bit, you end up getting uh a promo for nah not even to get to the promos you end up getting an NXT nah, it wasn't. A no- it's a non-title match it was uh Santos Escobar versus Jake Atlas I think Jake Atlas got a jobber entrance so nice. outco- yeah right he could be an AEW so <laughs> so he uh he's out there out comes Legado Del Fantasma and you in all of a sudden, you look close, you're like, yo, Santos has on the 97 Rey Mysterio sh- pants from Halloween Havoc. So, I was like, that's hard. That's cool. Like, I wish you want to heal, but, like, that's cool. So, <laughs> the match goes like three, four, five minutes, but, like, uh, basically, um,. Trying to remember uh, what happened at the end. Okay, so Atlas hits his uh, his cartwheel DDT. Um, Wild in Mendoza, one gets the foot on gets Santos' foot on the rope. The other lurs the ref. The ref then you know does a count and then realize that they did that. She sticks her head through the top and middle rope to yell at them, um, and it's enough of a distraction to give to let atlas get up hit the other side hit the other rope come back and hit a flip dive onto both of them so uh by the time he you know gets back to his feet santos reaches out uh to grab him by the hair from um through the ropes atlas washes his hand away and hits him with a big forearm and in that amount of time mendoza or the ref is um, not distracted by the fact that Santos is this huge bump back into the ring, spilling back into the ring. Mendoza throws on the loaded mass, the same mass that ended up screwing, or similar to the same fashion that screwed, uh, Swerve, headbutts your boy, um, Atlas, rolls him back into the ring. Santos ends up hitting at the angel wings, but turns the angel wings to like a face breaker where, like, he lands on, like, one of his knees and then pins him. Um, and, and that was the match like i feel like they're giving santo short thrift even though like the people he's in the ring with like and basically like yeah here's five minutes but like the last half of the last half of the match is good compared to like the last two weeks like they're giving not much not much time and then like They're fitting in a bunch of crazy stuff in like the last few minutes of it as opposed to like giving them a real match or not doing it. I don't know what, I don't know if this really is effective in getting either one of them over, right? Um, but it was, but it was a, you know, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: cool spots at the end with the, with the flip dive atlas. Uh, I'm, so then we end up getting, so after this, we end up getting Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez. Whoo, boy. Now, as much as I gushed about Wardlow versus... The, the uh, women's Yes. As much as I gushed about Wardlow and Adam Page, that's how much I wanted to gush about Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. These two women brawled their asses off. It was just... It was very, very fun. Um, it wasn't a long match, but it was high intensity, big strikes... Um, lots of, lots of, uh, demonstrations of strength because he's a strong woman's. <laughs> um, ultimately, um, I think the story of the match is that Rhea is super strong. She met her match or maybe her superior in strength from Raquel, but Raquel, um, is only, only just strong. So, Rhea, was very similar to like you know Thanos versus the Hulk at the beginning of Infinity War where was like yeah you got raw strength but what happens when I start bobbing and weaving and throwing these hooks and ca- start counter-punching so um, she you know she basically had her up the fin- I don't know if you know where kills finish is it's a basically like a one gets her up with like a one arm on one arm and then gives her one-handed choke bomb or choke slam or not choke slam but power bomb Um, after they brawled all around the ring um, she's about to finish Rhea with, with her finish. She ends up turning into a hurricane Ron and sends her into the corner. Um And then after that she ends up by uh, hitting the uh ripcord. Uh there was also a spot where they teased where she was gonna hit the second roll ripcord like similar fashion that ended uh Shanna Baszler back in around Christmas time. Um and she ended up getting out of that. It was just it was just a it was a really, really good ass match. I ended up giving it um I think it gave it three and three quarters. Like it's I, I feel like I don't know if I feel like they're very comparable the matches between um as far as how good they are between uh, Raquel and Rena or Rena. Uh, Raquel and Rhea and uh Hangman and Warlow. I thought these were two matches with like short matches that you just like you're gonna remember as being like these were a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. Um so Did they both wear a lot of leather? Oh yeah, you come on now. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> Who you talking to? <laughs> but one thing I will say is like I was so happy for Raquel because you like, you know, we've watched her since the first Mayan Classic and like we feel like there's something there, but it's like is she ever going to match for this shit to happen? And then like she's kind of gotten this pushes this, you know, big big, you know, big mommy cool for Dakota. It was like, you know, what we've always thought the whole time was like who look at who's getting the pins, look who's getting pinned, like, the person that really want to push is Raquel out of this, out of these two, and, like, she finally had a match to, like, validate, like, that, that level of push that she's gotten over, in protection over the last, uh, you know, or since the beginning of this year, so, like, it was cool to see that pay off in a way, like, and, you know, for R- Rhea, of a person's been, like, completely fucked <laughs> by the system, right, like, to see her, like, yeah, I'll go out here with my friend and we'll go out here and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll you know, we'll be big, strong women that, that scowl and and, and and all that kind of stuff and beat the shit out of each other for like nine minutes. Like, it was fun. Uh, Raquel still needs more, though. Um, so. Chompa ends up cutting a promo. Bear with, bear with me, Rich. Bear with me. It, he starts out and he says... I, you know, that I've been home. here. For, he basically says, along the lines of like, I've been here for a while. Um, Again, and, and, <coughs> I don't think he's ever been here for a while thing before. But anyway, um, he says, I've been here and I've seen this place change, and I feel like the thing most thing has changed is like we have these young people that come in here and feel and feel entitled, that believe that they deserve it, talk about it. and talk about opportunity. And, 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 what they deserve. And you talk about like, you know, things are earned here. When I came out here, like, I, when I, when I, when I was the NXT champion for all those days is because I took it, right? What? So, so, so bear with me, Rich. Stop so, the cap. So bear, just bear with me, Rich. So then he says all that to transition to say, um, he said everybody wants to blame someone else, like talk about, you know, um, glass ceilings and brass rings and such. Uh, he says never been handed anything, like I said. And then he says uh he wants to take back NXT to what it used to be. And that starts with Velveteen Dream. So he says, so he call he's up calling
1: Look, Velveteen hey, Dream man, for the Listen, record hold, hold. I have two I, I too would like NXT the way it used to be oh, yeah. one hour on the WWE network. <laughs> I would like for
3: I would like for it to uh stop trying to counter program um AEW. So he uh he ends up saying that brings me to, to Velveteen Dream. He says Velveteen Dream is a prodigy that what is in- He's 'cause he's twenty five, whatever. He's like he's a prodigy oh. who who has who is dripping with Ick Factor. Who cannot get out of his own way, and I was like, "Oh, this like, is true." So I was just like, "This all makes sense and sets up for your next opponent." The problem is the thing that is he's in his own way is that he's a child diddler. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the same thing with the riddle stuff. Like you can't and, and like, nah, bro. Like you can't be sure do any storylines, and you like, what is what? What are they talking the about? Oh, the child. Oh, about. oh, the 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 sexual misconduct. Oh, great. So, that that was his promo. It was the well delivered. Crash, the car the, crash.
1: The other dark rumors about Velveteen that, that are out there. Wow. So,
3: um, earlier in the show, I'm getting a promo from um, e- Ember... Ember Moon talked about how, you know, now that she's back, she's seeing some, um, she's seeing kind of where, like, the landscape has changed. She talked about Dakota Kai after Dakota t- attacked her last week and said, like, when I left NXT, she was this small, tiny girl that was scared of her own shadow. They show videos of her getting her ass whooped by, by shade of I fucking howled. Oh. And she said, you know, but you know, things have changed. She stepped they, into the plate. Yeah. She said, she, things have changed. She stepped to the plate and now I want to see where she's at now. And it, she says, a receipt. Ow. she says a receipt's <clears throat> definitely coming. So, oh, wow. um, that was earlier in the show. So, uh, right before the main event, they announced that they're doing Dakota Kai in, um, Ember next week, but well, that should be a good ass match. And, um, uh-huh. what other matches, there's another match is going to be announced for next week. Uh, oh, uh, Chapa versus Dream versus Velveteen. So then the main event, EO comes out with, uh, the rock band Poppy is very similar to her. Um, that rock interest she had on the first take or first NXT on
1: USA network. Um, I feel like I done seen Poppy for Io Shirai as many times as I've seen um, uh, with Motorhead for Triple H <laughs> you dumb
2: God,
3: damn. there it go I think it's been twice <laughs> it's been like a million times anyway so um it been two or three times I think it's two but anyway um, it's
1: been at least three
3: like I remember two. So, I don't know where the third one came from. I think the thing okay. is this, right? Poppy performed. Here's the thing: Poppy performed at a uh takeover for Women's War Games, and she also like uh, I think that show was also had her okay. had her had her match be sponsored. But I don't think she. I think there's only been two performances. But like, as Gosh. far as like, but she's but look, Poppy is definitely like she's definitely you know she's the new flow rider for, for WWE. For it's up for NXT. Like Inca who's definitely
1: NXT records
3: yeah yeah get Poppy in the, in the uh, WWE Hall of Fame um so they get in the ring together um Shotzi she spins the wheel it's a TL screen match which is obviously just tables ladders and chairs um and these two proceeded to beat the shit out of each other with some incredible stuff um and some callbacks as well like uh there's just so much stuff but there is a spot with um there's a spot off the top I think through the, off the top turnbuckle um we're spinning you know the Candice uh spinning neck breaker spot through tables that are on the floor off the top rope there I think that's the second to last big spot um there is a callback to when Candice turn or EO turned on Candice by giving her a suplex onto a open still, uh, still chair. Candice brings it out, and then EO reverses and actually gives her the move again. Um, there, there's um, EO running in for the media, the running meteora in the corner um, to to a seated. Candice and Candace like tells her to come in, and she moves out the way. And she, uh, there's a ladder behind her. So she runs her knees into the ladder. Um, uh, chair shots, kindle sticks, I believe. Um, ultimately, the final spot is the two earlier in the, sh- in the match. Candace sets up a ladder bridge between the. Uh, ring in the very close table that we've talked about last couple weeks Mm -hmm. there are two ladders in the ring side by side um EO and cancer up on both of them all of a sudden the the ghost face scream person that helped Johnny earlier in the show comes out to help you know another Gargano. Uh, they're trying to steal the title. Shotzi comes in, fights her, fights the Ghostface person, and gets them down. Um, after she, after uh, whoever that is, is trying to help Candice climb the ropes, thwarts them. Um, gives Eo enough time to recover. Climb, and so Candace and Eo are back up on each each chairs or each uh, ladder. Candace throws EO down, EO lands her feet gets to her ladder and shoves her off of the ladder over the top rope through the and she ends up falling through the ladder bridge and collapsing ladder bridge, climbs up grabs briefcase, four and a quarter good ass match um, I wish I remember more of the stuff that happened in it quite honestly but it was a good ass match, um, it's probably the best EO match this year um, really enjoyed mm. it Candace and EO they're an all-time WWE rivalry now. They have four bangers. <laughs> they, they, they have four bangers. Between the three matches they've had individually and then war games they have four bangers.
1: Forgot about war games.
3: Um, So yeah uh, I'm assuming it's Andy Hartwell. Um, Imp pointed out a good point about how when in the Gargano match, when um, the person was interfering with Damian Priest, how Priest never laid a hand on that person, which could be that's a woman. So obviously, no man or woman violence in WWE. unless Triple H and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania 34, um, and then you have Damn. Um, and then you have Shotzi, um, able to hit um, this person. We never saw Indy. The whole show. Um, they showed in the video package that it was that Indy helped, has been helping her, you know, helping Candace. Um, and, you know, a couple weeks ago, we also had, you know, Shotzi and EO have a show of mutual respect and liking for each other. So, like, I think it's going to lead to, oh, it was Indy Hartwell all along tag match. So, um, until they figure out whatever they're going to do in the future, like, I'm assuming eventually they're going to have to get to EO versus uh, Rhea Ripley so um, can't wait for that match but this is a good ass show as I said and I really
1: love Wednesday yeah man what a show I mean that we just did yeah yeah. my fucking god hope y'all enjoyed this and it came out early for y'all boy don't say we ain't love (laughs) y'all yeah Um,
3: that's the end of the show be sure to raise whatever app you're using to listen to this Tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, go to slash social suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Um, be sure to listen to other shows on the network uh, besides One Nation Radio on Sundays. On Tuesdays, we have Keep It a Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Growing Wash of Shit. On Thursdays, we have the Great Consequences Podcast. On Fridays, we have 8-Bit Suplex. And on Saturdays, we have all things Elite. Thanks for listening, y'all.
1: Peace.
2: Later.